the summer of rock. 101 KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Good morning to you. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of August, in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101. KUFO right here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, 503-228-4101 on this, the Rick Emerson radio program as we begin our excursion into whimsy for uh, August 21st, 2009. If you would like to text us today, you can do that. It's 520-5151. You can also email it as rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Greg Nibbler, our production assistant extraordinaire, can be reached at uh, Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO.com. And again, you can uh, text at 520-51. Coming up later on the day, Aaron Duran will join us in the studio for the Week in Geek. Dax Holt from TMZ. We will be uh, speaking with him at 8 o'clock this morning. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us today. By the way, she sent me photographs yesterday. I think she has to post them or anything. She she sent me some pictures yesterday of her. Actually, she wasn't hiding underneath her desk at this point. But if you remember yesterday, we talked to Lisa and they had done, it was like some sort of a fire drill or whatever at the Capitol uh, office where she works. And so they had kind of made everybody stand outside. And she thought, well, it's just a fire drill. I'm going to keep, you know, stay in, the, in here and keep on doing what I do. So she had taped, she'd taken her sweater and then a bunch of newspapers, and she taped it all up over the windows and turned off the lights and was doing all of her reports from underneath her desk on the ground. And I told her, I'm like, you have to send along some photographs of that, which she did. So I'll, uh, I'll get a couple of those posted today. Uh, we will also talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum today, because I'm, unc- I'm unclear about this whole, like, cash for clunkers thing. And Ends weather, Monday. Okay, so it's Monday. Yeah. They're actually they're just turning it off. Yes, at eight. So that means that if you if you're gonna, it's like a tax credit thing. But if you want to take advantage of it, you got to do it like this weekend. Is that the deal? That is the deal. Yes. All right. Okay. So, so make sure you patron the many advertisers on this program. Advertising right. automobiles. Well and tell them you heard about it on the program. That's exactly correct. You want to pass along where it is that you heard about their fine services. Uh, so we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum about that later on as well. And uh, this is all true. And possibly a mystery guest. So are we un- we're unclear about whether or not the mystery guest is going to be able to make it today. Is that the deal? Yes, yes. We don't want to say um, for sure yet. All right. So, but perhaps have a mystery guest. All right. So at some point we may or, uh, may, or may not have a mystery guest uh, today. Let's see. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Geek Watch coming up. Uh, Penis Watch coming up later on today as well. And your chance uh, to win a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock. The Pedal to the Metal Tour starring Mudvayne, Black Label Society, Static X, and more. That comes up Sunday, August 23rd. That is uh, this coming Sunday. I wonder if I can get a ticket to that. I'm interested in attending. Are you a, uh, a heavy metal aficionado? Yes, although I don't admit it publicly. I always pegged you for a Black Label Society fan. So we're going to be giving away a, a pair. That's our final pair that we're going to be giving I know away. many of the lyrics. Are we going to have evidence of that later on? I believe so, yes. All right. 
Uh, also, uh, our final pair of tickets to you, uh, the uh, Cult Show, which is coming up next Tuesday at the Roseland. Uh, the Cult's going to be playing at the Roseland Theater, which is uh, next Tuesday. going to be performing the Love Album all the way through. So we'll have a, a pair of tickets to that as well. It's 503-228-4101, or you can text at 52051. Plus, Sarah Dillon and I will have True Blood predictions for this Sunday's episode, and we'll talk about uh, what might be lurking out there in the world of Mad Men. Because who was it now that told me that it's not just Episode 2, it's Episode 2 and 3 that have been leaked online? That's what I heard. Yeah, both of them have. So whatever you do... I totally looked at the spoilers, too. Really? Oh, yeah. All I heard was the thing about Peggy smoking pot. Which to me, and don't email me and bitch about it, because that doesn't sound like a spoiler to me, because Don already smoked pot at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Peggy's a little more innocent, but she's already, I mean, she already had a bastard kid. I mean, how much, I mean... And it went to a mental institution. That's right. I mean, she's been locked up at a nut house and she pumped a kid out and she's not married, so and I... she seems fine. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not going to get myself in a twist about that. Yeah, I finally did watch that full episode yesterday. And? It's very good. How, how uh, awkward is that whole business of Salvatore in his hotel room and then there's the fire and Don's outside in the fire escape? And he awesome. looks inside, and then they have that great conversation on the plane that's about raincoats, but not really about raincoats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. No, I love that. Don Dripper's just such a classy guy. He's, it's just the greatest show. It really is. And it's such, it, and it has, uh, and I don't mean this in the sense that it's great. It is, but it has, when I say it's a cool show, it has that sort of vaguely kind of detached feel to it mm-hmm. that a lot of the 70s or the 60s did because it was so much about the aesthetic. Anyway, so we'll talk about this uh, coming uh, Sunday's episode of Mad Men. And, I'm going to have so to get forth. one of these uh, iTunes season passes because that's where they're leaking all this. Well, because they posted it early. Yeah. So when we say Accidentally. That, yeah, when we say the Mad Men leaked early or that it was, you know, that it ended up being online, it's not like somebody, you know, like somebody got advanced, like a screener copy or something and uploaded it. Apparently it was the iTunes store that put it up and people downloaded it and then iTunes realized hey, this isn't supposed to be up until Sunday or whatever. And not even Sunday. probably wasn't even supposed to be up until Monday. Tuesday evening. Yeah, because it goes up The 20- third episode was shown uh, briefly on Tuesday evening. Really? Yeah. I see, and so- AMC is asking people, please hold back in revealing details. So they must just, th- that stuff must all just go to the Apple servers and then they just sit there and it's supposed to be, you know, it's like in a virtual, you know, whatever, vault or something. And then they post it one week at a time. So that would be sort of like if the network had all the tapes for a show for a given season, but then, you know, Snuffy the janitor came in and just inadvertently, you know, started sending it down. All right. Well, in any event. What does the switch do? What's this? Snuffy's going to press this big red button oh, and just, see what it does. Just hit that with my mop. I hope I didn't do anything wrong. Hey, did you ever notice this, that if you're paying any attention to the news, about every four or five days there's a story about somebody inadvertently playing porn over a television network feed? Yes. You know, or at a high school gymnasium when they're supposed to be showing like a pep rally film or something, and then they just end up, uh, you know, they end up showing the devil and Miss Jones. That, that would be the best thing. For, say, uh, a news person that isn't doing so well, like Coin 6, they show up by mistake every night at 6. We should start, well, we should start suggesting that. that. Really, if they want to uh, they want to remedy things, every now and again, they could just inadvertently uh, show some pornography. Not that I'm saying you should. Anyway, let's do this. Let's pay a visit to the uh, news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.07. It's going to be partly setting in the 70s a perfect metal weekend. The international manhunt continues now with the reality show con artist turned murderer now in Canada. That's alleged murderer, Tim. Oh, alleged murderer. Ryan Jenkins was described as charming and nice to his reality show cohorts. Well, he wasn't that nice to the now dead model Jasmine Fiore, who is charged with murdering, gruesomely cutting off her fingers, allegedly yanking out her teeth, 
before disposing of her body in a suitcase in a dumpster in Southern California and running like a scared little girl. According to certain reports mm-hmm. that are alleged. A Vancouver radio station reports Jenkins' mother, who lives in Vancouver, B.C., visited him in Seattle before he crossed into Canada. Then we have something that will interest you because it began in your hometown, allegedly. The 22-year-old Seattle woman accusing magician David Copperfield of raping her on his private island met him backstage in Kennewick. And now for my next trick, I'm going to make your innocence vanish. Yes, it was in Kennewick where he invited her to participate in a promotional opportunity on his private island, only accessible really? by boat. I'd like that to... may have led to modeling opportunities. I'd like to promote my penis. Well, she swallowed the bait, as any really? woman would. Is that what, is that what they call that? It. Well, any misguided woman would. And arrived to find only Copperfield on the island and nobody else. So she decided while well, she was there, why not have dinner? What do you mean, the, the island? What are you talking about? In he owns a co- private island. There's no Remember island in Kennewick. Remember, he has an island, and she accused him of the raping. In mm-hmm. Kennewick? No, no. She met him in Kennewick. And then he Isn't went, that where love he all has a, He has a private island in the ocean. Come to my private island in the middle of Richland, Washington. Didn't we have this story about him allegedly raping this woman like five years ago? Yes, but, but it's better this time. In other words, I don't mean that. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, didn't it seem like this story came out forever yes. ago? Mm-hmm. Why is nothing. Uh, it never said before that it began in Kennewick. No, but I mean, doesn't it seem it like. It has there's, a local connection. Does it seem like there's something that ought to have happened with this story by now? You would think so. In other words, because literally, wasn't it like early 2008 that we first heard this, this allegation from the woman that David Copperfield had uh, taken sexual advantage of her? Mm hmm. And so, if that's the case, like if you go to the. Well, there cops are more and, details saying that. Uh, it was a promotional opportunity that might have led to modeling opportunities. Right, but I mean, you but Okay, so for example, if, if uh, you, um, you know, I was about to say, for example, if Sarah claimed that so-and-so, and I was just going to pick like a yeah, local... Yeah, don't use me for the raping scenario. Well, then I, it's she not, made a big star backstage in Kennewick. It's not even so much that I was just going to pick another random local person and say, you know, for example, if Sarah claimed that, and then I was going to insert like Portland celebrity, uh, you know, sexually assaulted her, and then I realized that was a bad idea, but... I, but I guess my that's point really is, nice. but my question is, she, you know, if you get on camera and say that David Copperfield raped you like last year, like doesn't and he's somebody, kind of a second tier entertainer but anyway? Doesn't somebody have to do something about that? I would imagine like, so. Like, how can a year and a half go by and nothing has happened? Like, doesn't the, would there be this happened on an island which Alleg- he owned allegedly? Allegedly, well, maybe she didn't may, press charges. Maybe the wheels of justice turn slower on islands. So, do we know if it's being investigated? Do we know I if suppose it's suppose so? Yes. Yeah, I'm... because if she's not, if she didn't report it to the cops, and if she's just running her mouth at the media, then they probably don't have to investigate it. Yeah, but I'd be, but I'd be pursuing her then if I was David Copperfield. Pursuing her? In other words, it sounds like uh, he may have already been pursuing her. Too. Now it's just the latter half of that. Because if a woman just gets on television and just continues to say that you raped her, then that's, you know, and yet the cops aren't doing anything about it. Wouldn't you be calling your lawyer to have her uh, you quit saying that? I would imagine so. All right. So let's back up for a second. So David Copperfield meets this woman in Kennewick. It's, how do you do? Why was he in Kennewick, does it say? He was performing in Kennewick. Uh, at, the, at the Kennewick Magic Show or something. David Copperfield? Yes. David Copperfield, who performed at the Great Wall of China and made the Statue of Liberty disappear, was performing in Kennewick. Yes, that's what it said. Boy, magic is a sad, sad world. I mean, it really is. It's just not. It's not quite as the glamorous. The people of Kennewick do not deserve magic. It's not the world of. Uh, it's not the world of exotic entertainments and high flying lifestyles that Doug Henning would have had me imagine. All right. Maybe it was a favor to a friend. I suppose. Well, okay. Well, clearly, there's more. Perform of this. in Kennewick and meet beautiful ladies. <laughs> Even if they don't want to be met. Um, all right. Allegedly. Now, see, damn it. Now you're making me do it, you bastard. What's that? 
Nothing. I'm just reading news here. I'm not. We're not accusing not anybody of being anything. Judge and jury. I'm pointing out news articles. Straight ahead, Topics we'll of concern. continue our unfallid allegations and uh, the baseless rumors and the speculation to which we have no underpinning. It's a 503-228-4101. We'll also talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Later on, Aaron Duran with The Week in Geek and Dax Holt from TMZ. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is The Rick Emerson Show. My humor comes from watching my parents have sex, smoke weed, my mom being naked on Rock 101 KUFO. Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text us at 52051. Still to come today, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us from Capitol Hill. Aaron Duran with The Week in Geek. Uh, quite possibly a mystery guest coming up at the, some point this morning. Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent and... Man of the world, Steve Kastenbaum. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Rick. How's it going? Uh, things are going well, except that somebody apparently sent uh, Sarah. Wait, they didn't send it the actual device. This was just like a. It was like a, a video for the device. No, they mm-hmm. sent the, the most disturbing link about a new uh, children's toy that teaches little girls how to. Oh, wait, mate, you didn't tell me that it was a toy for children. I thought you meant it was for like expectant mothers. No, this is. It's an ad with a little girl in it who's like eight years old. Strapping on this, this like bra thing. It's like a, so. It's a it's a bra for children. It's a bra for children, but it has like big flowers on the front of it, and then you're supposed to place the child, child's mouth on the flowers, and it mimics breastfeeding a child. So that so this That's is odd. So it's like isn't that creepy? Yeah. So it's like they have the you know they have the doll that drinks and the doll that wets and the doll that does whatever. But this is now a doll that mim- that lets you mimic uh, the that breastfeeding, suckles. even if you were a <laughs> baby suckle me. Um, so this is, and this, okay, so I thought that it was a thing that like, you know, say, you know, expectant mother, are you unsure how you're going to breastfeed? That's why when you said it teaches you how to breastfeed, I was like, well, what, that seems to be a pretty, you know, that's like a one-step process, I think. But this is actually, this is actually now a thing that they market to kids. Is it like, is it American, an American product or is it a thing they sell elsewhere? I, I believe it's a, like a European product. Well, see, they're European. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, have... we'll have to watch it during the next break, so you have to have it in your head too. That's great. Well, let's forget this whole conversation and move on to uh, the cash for clunkers thing. So, what is this? Was a thing they expected to go all year, though, right? They, the, the cash for clunkers I, thing was supposed to go through the end of two thousand nine. Actually, you know what? I think nobody really knew how long it would go because it, it ran out of money within a few weeks of its introduction, and then Congress had to give an injection of uh, a few more billion dollars. So the program went uh, from one billion to three billion dollars, and uh, dealerships this week had started pulling out because they were afraid the money was going to run out again. They were doing so much business. And there were also, uh, in their minds, delays in getting the reimbursements to the dealerships. So they were running a deficit, uh, and they said, you know what, it's time for this program to come to an end, or we're just going to pull out of it uh, because it's just too popular. Then General Motors said, we'll bridge the gap, and we'll give you guys cash advances until you get the reimbursement check from the government. And now we have word from the Transportation Department Secretary Ray LaHood that they're going to draw cash for clunkers to a close. So if you haven't traded in that gas guzzler yet you have until monday to do so to get up to forty five hundred dollars uh toward your new car so that was going to be my question what is the actual process for this? so let's say that i've got uh 
uh, whatever. I've got the, you know, I've got an Edsel sitting in my in my driveway, and I say, well, by God, this car gets really shoddy gas mileage. I'm gonna go take it. I'm turning it. So I take the car. I go down to the dealership. I find the brand new uh, car that I want to buy. I say, I'm gonna buy this uh, this behemoth right here. Right. And so they take my Edsel. They give me the behemoth. Where does the forty five hundred dollar credit? Where does that exist? Do they just knock forty five hundred dollars off the price, or is this like a thing where I pay it? And no. then it gets it gets re- refunded to me at some point. That's why this deal is so popular. They knock thirty five to forty five hundred dollars right off the price, and then the dealers basically wait for a check to come from the government. So nothing comes out of your pocket, and you get a huge discount, and uh, and you walk away with a new car that's probably costing you a lot less than your old clunker to to, to operate every day. All right, so it's a thing that you actually. So it's not like somebody where you got to like cut off the UPC symbol on the box top and I <laughs> mail something to New Jersey and wait for them to get a check back to me. No, definitely not. You know, I actually, when this program first came out, I thought of, I thought about it, and I was like, it's only going to be a few days before some uh, uh, some smart American figures out a way to, to scam the system here and, and make a lot of money on trading in, you know, old clunkers that right. aren't even running. But there were some caveats. You had to own the car for two years, so you couldn't, like, round up all these old cars right. you know, that, that nobody was using and then trade them in and, and, and make money on the deal. And it actually had to be running. You know, it couldn't just be sitting on uh, cinder blocks in your front yard. Hey, real quickly, before we wrap so this is a totally separate topic, but I think that you're talking about this uh, the the Lockerbie guy, this guy who blew up uh, Pan Am Fly 103, which you know, depending on how old you are, you may or may not remember that is a pretty, I mean, it's a you know, it's a massive incident, but it was especially massive then. This is the guy that purportedly the behest of of Libya, the Muammar Gaddafi, blew up this this Pan Am flight and killed I don't know how many people, 300 people, whoever many were on it. And then they kind of they locked him up forever. What does it do? They just they just let they let him out because he's what he's got cancer, or he's sick or something. And they said yeah. uh, they they said he could go home and spend the rest of his uh, his time with, in Libya, right? Yeah, basically he's ha- he has terminal prostate cancer. Al Al Magrahi is his uh, last name. And uh, let me tell you, the families of the victims of, of Pan Am Flight 103's bombing are so upset about this. And and I know this firsthand. Uh, not only having interviewed some of them, but uh, I went to high school with a guy who actually, unfortunately, sadly died on that plane, a guy by the name of Greg Capasso. And I uh, was in my circle of friends, and he was on that Syracuse University class trip. Uh, I think there were 20 students uh, in his group on board the plane. Anyway, the, the family members are, are outraged over what happened here because they say, you know, this, this is somebody who had no compassion for them, and yet uh, they've given him compassion and let him out uh, so he can die at home, essentially. And what's interesting about this is they made it sound like he was on his deathbed, but uh, when you saw the pictures, the video, he was able to walk up the, the gangway, the, the stairs to the aircraft on his own, under his own power with no help, wasn't on a stretcher. I was expecting to see the guy being carried, you know, with a right. TV, you know, something like that. So uh, so the, the family was really upset, and then they saw those images of him walking on his own, and that made him even angrier. Well, especially because it, it sort of, it reminds you that Muammar Gaddafi, who at one point, I mean, is it, these things where we, our attention gets diverted about every five or six years. You know, we'll rotate through a series of guys who we, you know, who we claim at any given moment are the, you know, the worst person in the entire world and the kingpin of all terrorism happening everywhere. But then after a while, we get distracted and just sort of forget about them. Uh, you know, because Muammar Gaddafi still—I mean, he's still kind of running that that whole joint, right? Oh yeah, and now he's our friend. He's yeah. a, a friend of America. Well, John McCain was actually just there, I think, last week. Um, I think John McCain was there meeting with Muammar Gaddafi. The, the other thing about this is uh, Libya has massive oil reserves that BP right. would like to get their hands on, uh, which right. could be part of this. Sure, that's a coincidence, Tim. Yeah, the family members are screaming bloody murder. They're saying that this is all because uh, the U.K. and the U.S. wants 
easy access to Libya's oil, so they were appeasing uh, the Libyan government by doing this. That's what they claim. But we don't do things like that. No, of course not. And it is it is sort of strange that the Muammar Gaddafi would be considered, I mean, if not actually an ally, at least a guy who's not really our enemy, considering that we sent jets to blow up his house not too long ago. I mean, <laughs> really, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, you know, too far back in the past when we actually sent a bunch of guys to blow up everywhere he lived. I, I guess he now falls into the category of what, what they like to call a benevolent dictator. He's a frenemy, Steve. A frenemy. Uh, exactly. All right. Yep. Well, on that note, my friend, have a uh, fantastic weekend, and we will talk to you next week, sir. Take care. Oh, actually, you know what? I won't see you next week. I'll be in Mexico. Where are you to say, uh, are you vacationing? I'm actually going to Guadalajara uh, uh, to take a, an, a Spanish immersion class, but I will do two days on the beach in uh, Puerto Vallarta. Ever been there? Uh, no, I've not. That's uh, My wife has gone there a couple of times, and uh, she keeps insisting that I go at some point. But I, I think I'm done with my vacations. for. Not that I didn't have a good time in New York, but I, I, that I'm just... Uh, I know this is a lament that nobody else wants to hear, but I, Sarah and I were talking about this morning. We're just so exhausted from from vacation <laughs> and a from, vacation from a vacation. Uh, yeah, then you just come right back and you you know you immediately drop right back into the, the thick of the job. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a good long while before I screw with my schedule again. It just uh, it just takes me for because I'm such an OCD freak that it takes me forever to recover from any sort of variation to my normal routine. That I'm gonna this is gonna be a while before I leave town again. I think. But, I uh, hear you. Okay. We'll travel safe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Take care. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up next hour. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran has the Week in Geek. At uh, 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ. And at some point today, a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock, the Pedal to the Metal Tour starring Mudvayne, Static X, and the Black Label Society. We're going to be listening back after this the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I have magic genitals. On Rock 101 KUFO. All right, well, I resent that. That's just, uh, that's misinformation is what that is. Hey, attention whoever sent this to me. If you send me a photograph and you're going to claim that it's of Michelle Obama, who is hot, by the way, if you're going to claim it's of her wearing short shorts... It's got to actually be a photo of her wearing shorts. They're These are like not cutoffs. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really, this is like she just went to Old Navy and bought something off the right. shelf. Yeah, I mean, it's not, nothing that you know Barbara Bush would wear back Rick, in the heyday. Please don't ever say that again. It's not like Barbara. It's, it's not like Ann Richards wearing a singlet. All right. Well, then, but what is really? But that's something to think about. Uh, 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show is here on Rock 101 KUFO. You might like to know that during the break, Sarah Dillon asked the following question, quote, do you have fingerprints on your toes? Who wants to spot uh, the reason of that sentence that indicates you probably don't? Okay, do you have toe prints on your toes? There you go. That might work. Uh, I think you have, I don't know if you have toe prints, but you have footprints, right? Isn't that the deal? I believe so. But I'm yeah. saying, like, you know, that guy allegedly. Allegedly. The reality show guy. What is his name? The reality Jim? show dude who allegedly. Reality show dude. I've already forgotten his name. He's the guy that Megan Jenkins. wants a million at Jenkins. Yeah, who cut off that girl's Think of fingers. Jenkum. So, I mean, so he's trying to do that, obviously, to get rid of her fingerprints. But right. can you be identified by your toe prints? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. See? See? I might, I might be a little a little slow, but the, you know, the end. No, I, I, I see the reasoning behind it. Well, but the, okay, so the question is, so you have fingerprints. See, now I'm all. Uh, the question is, why do you have fingerprints in the first place? Like, what are those there for? People say that it's like that it's for a gripping surface, but it doesn't seem like your fingerprints are really of well, sufficient depth that they give you a lot of extra traction on your fingers. Not like you can climb no walls or something. No two are alike, right? But I, but I mean, They're like, why? Sets but, you apart from everybody else. 
well, it's all they had to go by way back when. But I, I mean, I, identity. I understand that's why we use them. But I guess I'm saying, like, why? Like, why are you designed that way, though? Like, why? In other words, why does nature design you with different fingerprints? There's got to be a reason why that evolved. You know what I mean? Yes. It doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. Because, for example, like your fingerprints are the only part of your hand or your arm that actually have that design. So, like, what is it there for? Is my question. I just don't understand why fingerprints even exist when the rest of your arm was all smooth. That's the thing that weirds me out. Because then I started th- when Sarah said, "Can you identify somebody on their footprints?" Then I started thinking, "Well, is it that way with all of your body?" Like, another it sounds silly, but like if you were to like stamp the side of your arm. Like, would that leave a pattern that's different than everybody else's? Or is it just right. your fingerprints? I think on my birth certificate, it's got my, my, it's my footprints or whatever. Feet, footprints? Footprints. Uh, the, you know, the prints from my feet. Um, I think that's a thing that they did, but I don't know if they do that anymore. They do, because when I was, uh, when Lisa had Olivia, I was in the room when they footprinted Olivia. Now, do they do that for reasons of identification, or is it just like a tradition at this point? Is it just sort of, a, oh, look how look how tiny no, your feet were. The, it was in the pants. Like, uh, it was a piece of paper that they brought in, did their handprints, then their like, left footprint, right footprint. So they did her a... handprints and her footprints. Mm-hmm. See, for me, I think they only did my footprints when I was born. Because hmm. there was, wasn't that, the, wasn't that part of the, the jackass uh, Obama was born in Kenya thing? They were talking about, well, where are his footprints? When I got born, when I was born, they had my footprints. There are no footprints. He was born in Kenya. Uh, so, all right. Well, I think somebody's probably got the, uh, all right. So Greg is screening any number, right. of, any number of calls from people who are sc- screeching at us about our lack of science knowledge. I don't know the answer. I'm suspecting. There are footprints and fingerprints. That your toes and your feet probably have distinct patterns right. as well. So it, and, and God give your hands because they're handy. Uh-huh. Let's, uh, hello. Hi, you're uh, on the Rick Emerson Show. Who might this be? This is Rachel. Hello, Rachel. How are you today? Well, I am about an hour away from getting home and cracking a beer. Excellent. So it's a good day for you already. I'm <laughs> mending my, my work shift, yes. All right. So what do, we, uh, what do we think about footprints and fingerprints? Well, um, I have an answer. Fingerprints happen um, when you're in the womb. Um, they happen from all the amniotic fluid, and depending on how you move while you're in the womb is why... Each one of our fingerprints is uh, is one of a kind. So it has to do with so it's sort of a uh, uh, it's like molding a pot or something, uh, you know. So as you move it around, it gets uh, you know the, like it gets uh, you know the, it, different swirls. Yeah, it creates swirls and imprints and the shapes, and then it gets formed. You know, it gets cast in whatever shape it's sort of in at the moment. Okay, and then do you know if we have unique footprints or toe prints or whatever? Yes, we would, because um, if you look at the bottom of your feet, you do have different swirl marks. You know, we do have feet pads, and uh, it's the same thing. That that tissue, for some reason, I don't know why, I, for some reason I know this little tidbit fact, <laughs> but... Um, you know, it happens on the feet as well as the hands. All right. See, I have to admit that I don't think I've ever, it's not that I avoid my own feet or something. I just don't think I've ever uh, spent any time with a mirror staring at the uh, bottom of my toes or whatever. But all right. Excellent. Thank well, you so you much, Rachel. Get some clay, put it down, make it soft, and step on it. And, and step on it lightly. And then you can see all your little rings. See, now we're a little bit smarter than we were about two minutes ago. It's okay. There uh, you go. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Have a good day. You too. Right, there you go. Thank you for listening. There you go. Awesome. All right. See? So now you know, Sarah. Uh, so you do, in fact, have uh, unique markings on the bottom of your feet as well. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 547 now. It's going to be partly sunny all weekend and high temperatures in the 70s. An attempted killing on Killingsworth. A 21-year-old has been shot in the back of a North Portland market 
Gang enforcement cops called to the KC market after the gunman opened fire there. Two are dead following a head-on collision on Germantown Road. Belinda Lopez Volkswagen bug speeding, crashing into a Dodge minivan driven by Ty Hung Williams, both dead at the scene. The mother of the former Miss Teen Oregon, caught naked on camera with actor Eric Dane and his wife, yeah. claims her daughter has made some poor choices lately. <laughs> Gee, you think? Carrie Ann Panish tells E! Online she was sexually abused as a child, which has led her to take this self-destructive path that'll lead her to ruin. Weird things are happening at Fox. Fox News, first of all, somebody has been missing like Glenn Beck all week. He kind of vanished from the airways after losing all those sponsors. After his many advertisers vanished. And now Bill O'Reilly is responding, well, cautiously to John Stewart segment in which he called the protesters loons. John Stewart took the loon clip out of context. Here's what I really said. There are the anti-Bush protesters here in New York City. While most of these people have been peaceful, more than a thousand have been arrested and surveys show many protesters are simply loons calling for the destruction of the American system, calling for retreat in the face of terrorism. Here's a bulletin for you Bush haters. These protesters are not helping John Kerry. I like the talking about the arrested protesters. I love the idea that there's a survey that shows whether you're a loon or not, though, that there's some sort of a scientific method for determining that. Time for a Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson radio program. This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on There, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Energize. Okay, let me try this. World of Warcraft gamers will be pleased to know there will soon be a magazine devoted to their favorite pastime. Magazine publisher Future has announced that it has reached an agreement with Blizzard to push World Warcraft, the magazine. It'll debut at BlizzCom at Anaheim this weekend. And English, French, German, and Spanish editions will be launched simultaneously. Future said the magazine will examine where WoW has been, where it is, and where it's going. It'll not only look into the game, but also the people who play the game. The first issue will have an article that compares the tactics to top guild leaders and Aldor. See, the, and the thing about it is... The, it is indicative of how strong that World of Warcraft fan base is and how devoted they are and how much money they must have to spend that they're actually launching. Because it's not like an online magazine or thing. It's an actual print. I mean, it's a, it's a paper magazine, which is, you know, you get magazines folding left and right. And you get newspapers that are essentially just pamphlets at this point. So the idea that they're rolling out, you know, like some 45-page glossy magazine uh, that, you know, that they're going to be selling to people, you know, this is like a regular print magazine, that is indicative of just of, uh, like how freakishly into that game which is, you know, which is fine. That's what you do. You just find, a, you know, you find the niche uh, uh, the group and you just saturate it with everything you possibly can. Plus, you've got to figure that the, if you spend a lot of time playing World of Warcraft, you probably do a, a finite amount of, uh, you know, like actual real world reading everywhere because probably, probably everything you read is online. So the idea that it's a World of Warcraft magazine probably sets it apart from everything else. So there you go. There's your uh, Geek Watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson program. By Grabthar's hammer, by the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, 
loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. And that reminds me, there's somebody was telling me the other day uh, that we should... Uh, when is that game, that Second Life thing? It's not World of Warcraft, but it's Second Life, which is sort of like that. It's like an ongoing, like, Sims sort of a thing. But Second Life is that... But there, there's been this kind of rash of bands lately that have done, like, performances or sort of concerts in this, like, Second Life world thing. So I got this guy sent me an email the other day, and he was like, you want to set up a virtual version of your radio station inside Second Life? And he said, I, I own a sideshow tent at which I would love to have you perform. It was all very confusing. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about with the I Second no Life game? I have no idea what you're talking about. Second Life is kind of fascinating to me because I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't, like, I don't do role-playing games or whatever, which, you know, it's fine. It's, you know, whatever, whatever one wishes to do is just not my thing. Because I just, A, I'm not smart enough, and B, it's like I got enough difficulty managing my own actual life. And my own actual life's not, not going so well most of the time. So it's the idea that I, that I somehow have enough competence left over to run a Second Life, just like a wholly separate existence that I can screw up. But Second Life is the... It, I mean, it's just the most bizarre thing. It is this, I mean, calling it a game is not even really accurate. It's just this whole alternate world in which there really is no point. It's just, I mean, you've played, have you ever seen The Sims? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the Sims, avatar things? Well, The Sims is like basically an ant farm, but it's people. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, I mean, it's just, so you're basically, you, you know. I watched it, an episode of CSI where someone was murdering someone through like one of those kind of. Yeah, I mean, The Sims, Lara played The Sims at one point. And uh, The Sims is a game where, I mean, it is effectively like having a, like if you're a girl and you have like a Barbie house where there's Barbie and Ken and they have kids and Barbie has a job and has whatever. Imagine that, but it's a video game and it's much more complicated and it's sort of real. In other words, Barbie has, like, she has an actual job she has to go off to and you have to actually, like, get the kids off to school every morning and then you actually have to manage your money correctly and then you have to manage friendships with people. And it's this, it's this whole bizarre, like, really complicated, insanely uh, realistic dollhouse that you have to run. Uh, and I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it, but it's, but it's like that meets the game of life, meets a role-playing game, and it's a video game. And Second Life is like that, but without any goals. Like, you're just sort of there. Wandering around. It is just this whole virtual reality for people who would just rather live in a different world than this one. But as part of that, you can, you know, you can earn virtual money and build virtual houses and virtual whatever. And there are people who, over time, have built these sort of concert arenas in this whole second, you know, this whole alternate world. And now record companies are having their bands create sort of alternate online personas that then go perform. Uh, like, I think Trent Reznor has been doing it, too. So, anyway, somebody was, I've got a virtual radio station. I would love to have the Rick Emerson Show broadcasting live there. So, you know, who knows? You you may hear us in Linden Donia or whatever that place is called, you know, sometime soon. Straight ahead, we'll uh, talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Aaron Duran coming up at 7. Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ at 8. And uh, so forth. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from downtown Portland. Emerson Show in mere moments only on Rock 101 KUFO KUFO Portland It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO Thank you for joining us It is 503-228-4101 5034101 coming up this hour. Cena Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Aaron Duran with the Weekend Geek coming up at 7 o'clock. At uh, 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. We'll talk about the upcoming episodes of Mad Men and True Blood this Sunday. And at some point this hour, when you hear The Cult, be caller 10 when you hear The Cult at 503. 503- 228-4101, you will win yourself a pair of tickets to see The Cult perform at the Roseland. Uh, that's coming up next Tuesday. So when you hear The Cult this hour, you'll be caller 10 at 
4101. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, Inglorious Bastards a little bit. Uh, Aaron Duran's going to have his review of that. Which Oh, and I saw District 9 last night. And? I liked it. I mean, it was good. It was it was good. It I was know good. that tone of voice. No, no, no. I was just wanting more Independence Day. You know, it was just more of a boy movie. It's bleak. It's not. It, it is not a fun movie the way that Independence Day is probably. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good. I thought the whole premise was really interesting. Uh, I went with the guitarist, and he uh, totally loved it. How it was great was like, that first fifteen twenty minutes oh, where it's that, like the documentary? And I'm not giving it away. That but it's, was amazing. I mean, did you but see- then when it got more into the like the plot line, that's when I got a, like. I was still interested, but um, not as interested. But you're right. That first 15, 20 minutes was amazing. I, I was like sitting on the edge of my seat watching all that. that Laura and I, too. And it was the thing where I realized at one point I was literally holding my breath mm-hmm. uh, in that first opening sequence. Now, let me ask you this. Do you believe that District 9 is too violent for Tim to go? It sounds like we're talking about a child. But so Tim, if, has a, if, if given a choice, should it be aliens or Nazis? You have a low tolerance for violence because. This... No, because when the when like people are killed in this movie, like they just kind of. Explode and that's it. They kind of explode, but they explode into a big pile of blood. Well, well, I, I, I think it's it comes down to what games are used to playing, and people don't get their brains blown out in pong. <laughs> <laughs> not unless, not unless you're playing it in St. John's. Um, well, would you rather watch a movie with aliens? That's the with, last time. Or with Nazis? I like too. both aliens and Nazis. And well, who doesn't? The, uh, I'm torn between the two. Well, we had, there was I do like the aliens. Though. Sort of cool. infamous uh, recommendation uh, some years ago when I uh, I told Tim to go see Sin City, and I forget what I compared it to. Oh, I compared it to Sky Captain in the World of com- of yes, Tomorrow. That's what I did, <laughs> and, and I was scarred for life after <laughs> and then after that. What what is it? What's to make of that Sin City film? And I said, Oh, you like it? It's just like Sky it's Captain like in the World noir. of Tomorrow. <laughs> I I don't know why I said it was like Sky Captain. I guess because they both seem kind of retro in a way, because Sky Captain is very much from like the '40s serials, and Sin City is very much like like pulp, not the movie Pulp Fiction, but like actual pulp novels from like from you know from the '50s and '60s. But I guess I left aside the fact that in that in uh, Sin City, like you see a guy tied to a tree and his like, doesn't that dog eat his junk? Oh yeah, dog eats him. All of his appendages are <laughs> cut off. I mean, I, I've never spent two hours at the movies with my eyes closed, and every time I I think it's safe now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, open that your eyes. Mickey Rourke is jabbing at a guy's eyeball exactly. with a pen. Every, every time I open my eyes, something worse was happening. Yeah. But I sat through it. And then I had to pull a guy's guts out. You know, and and, and it's all done in the weird like Technicolor. Too, whereas like as the guts are being pulled out, it's like in bright yellow on the screen or something, and then, and then uh, that's and then, really the worst thing you've ever done to me <laughs> in, in all these years. It wasn't intentional. I <laughs> I know. I think I well, look if it makes you feel any better. Um, Lara went to see because uh, I'd seen Sin City once, and I took Lara to see it with me, and uh, she made us leave halfway through. I think it was when we got to that same Mickey Rourke sequence too, where like he's I think it's where he's beating Rutger Howard to death. The the priest and I think Larry said um, we're not staying for the rest of this. <laughs> she just and she just told me it wasn't even a question. She did she made us leave. Um, so knowing Tim's level of tolerance for violence, we, see, but neither none of us have seen Inglorious Bastards. I don't think Greg, have you seen it yet? Because they done you know they did some secret screenings this week. Um, well, did Aaron see it? Because Aaron's going to be here. Aaron has seen it. Well, yeah, so we can talk. Well, to that's Aaron a, that's a good question. That's a good that's mm-hmm. a good point actually. So, you know, how will Aaron feel about it? I will say this: District Nine does have what we might call sort of video game violence to it. It's uh, it's not explicit as such. It's pretty cool, though. I mean, uh, uh, see, now I'm afraid to even weigh in. It's like I feel like it's going to go wrong. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't cover my eyes or anything. Like I just saw that vampire movie Thirst, and I covered my eyes a lot with that because that was a lot of like stabbing and blood and stuff. But eating hearts. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of explosions and you yeah, lots know. of explosions. But uh, uh, I think you'd like it. You know, but there isn't really like. A, 
you know, there's there's nothing with the junk in the tree and the rope and the and dog. And you really liked Independence Day, and it has, like, you know, this big ship hovering over the city, and the aliens are pretty cool looking, and mm-hmm. their language is kind of neat. It is a fairly grim film, though, just so you're, I mean, I'm not giving it away, but it's just, it is, it's not the, it's not a feel-good film, for the most part. Um, and, is it because of the aliens' activities or man against the aliens? Well, it's largely because it's not an American film, for one thing, because Sarah and I were talking about this, that if... It's funny you mentioned Independence Day because if this were an, if District Nine were an American film, it would star Will Smith or you know someone like Will Smith, and it would have a, it would have. I'm not going to say that it has. I mean it, it, that it has a, an unhappy ending as such, but I, but it just it's it, not unhappy. No, it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't end with Randy Quaid saying like "up yours" and flying into the bottom and like. Does you somebody know, raise the Smith, American flag? <laughs> no. And Will Smith proposing to a stripper girlfriend. Yeah, in fact, it doesn't take place in America at all. That's the other thing. Um, it, How it, could it, anyone else be heroes but Americans? Well, what I kind of a movie is this? It, it doesn't seem possible, Tim. But somehow they make it work. Anyway, I see. I, I, see I feel like I'm giving stuff away here, but, but it's it, kind of neat because it, I, I like the things that we watch, like True Blood, like all those weird social comparisons right we're like it's it's like another one of those things where it's a social comparison where these people are looked upon as if they're like lesser beings see like, now i feel like you got to see it because it's we we're talking about it so much yeah I, i'm gonna see I'm the glad tarantino i, I want to I, I will watch it again in a beer theater i uh i like it a lot and i will say this that they do a really in district nine they do a really masterful job of something that it's, it sounds simple but it can be it can be screwed up where they spend about two-thirds of the of the movie setting up the villains and, you know, establishing the villains and setting them up as bad guys and making you hate them. And then they just spend the final third of the film blowing them all to hell, which which seems like a thing that would be easy. But movies find a way to screw that up all the time and where it doesn't feel very satisfying. This movie is immensely satisfying because at the end, I mean, I'm like, I mean, you know, this, again, it's a sci-fi film. Everybody kind of knows how the, these go. Um, but the, the action sequences are really, really great. And... I went into it knowing almost nothing. I saw the trailer, the very the very first trailer, and that's it. I didn't read a single review. I didn't read anything. So I didn't know much about it. But the first 20 minutes of District 9 are just, I mean, the rest of the movie's great, too. But it's just amazing. It's really, really good. So it doesn't end up with some child saying, happy 4th of July, Daddy. Happy 4th of July to you, too, kitten. <laughs> and then a dog bounces up onto the uh, onto the lawn running through a sprinkler. Yeah, it's no. not some guy sitting in a car at the end with his kid with one bullet left. Well, see, because if, here's the, if it were an American film, it would end the way... That uh, Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Did you see Spielberg's War of the Worlds? Yes, it was horrible. Now, see, but I disagree. See, I thought War of the Worlds was really, really great, except for that tacked-on stupid ending where the whole family has to be magically reunited, even though the kid would clearly be dead. I'm not trying to ruin <gasps> how, anything, how but they... it came out like four oh, years yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, when they're walking down the street and go to the house. That's ridiculous. Just, just a minute. How did everybody make it to Boston? Well, how did the... It made no sense. How, how do you walk from New York to Boston? <laughs> Well, I imagine. Which route do you take? I was going to say, maybe you get on the I expressway. Mean, rubble everywhere in the East Coast that would be obliterated. I guess I could buy that the family in War of the Worlds made it to Boston before I can buy that the kid. Because at one point in War of the Worlds, Cruz's teenage kid, I mean, he walks over the hill like literally into just this wall of fire and machine guns and aliens and aliens <laughs> who are there with like you know death rays and they like make you evaporate, kilomatics or whatever. New it is York to got. Boston is four hours riding. <laughs> I know <laughs> months walking. And of all places, how do they all end up in Back Bay? I, I don't. Of all the, the places st- on earth on the same street <laughs> at the same time. Uh, because Steven Spielberg is... That's uh, what makes things stupid to me. He's a man who doesn't know his own... Uh, he is a man who doesn't know his own weaknesses. Because Spielberg can't have... Spielberg can't have a movie where the father and son... Look, I mean, if you ever, you want to talk about a guy whose uh, inner neuroses... You think Sarah and I sound crazy sometimes. You want to talk about a guy whose inner uh, the problems are worn on his sleeve and his shirt and his hat. And not only that, Spielberg makes us wear his problems on our sleeves as well. 
There is no Steven Spielberg film, first of all, that does not have father issues or missing daddy issues. Or, like, horrible mother. Uh, Doesn't ho- he do, or, like, the single mother? Uh, well, single mother, but that's what single, I mean. Yeah. Absent father. Yeah. Every Spielberg film has an absent or missing or dead father. Every single Spielberg film. I can't think of one right now that doesn't. Um, and they all have, you know, many of them have the father, you know, reunited at the end. Uh, you know, comes back, you know, for the tearful sort of reunion. And, you know, the, I mean... You know, and sometimes he can do that in a way that is not so shameless and pandering. Here's the best way Spielberg's ever done that. And then I'll quit babbling about Steven Spielberg. The best way he's ever done this is in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which he has admitted subsequently was all about his parents' divorce. Because his dad was a computer uh, engineer and his mom was a musician. So that makes that movie pretty great because at the end, you've seen Close Encounters, mm-hmm. right? I love he, that movie. So Spielberg's dad is, is a computer uh, technician. His mom is a, is a musician. And at the end of the movie... You have the Earthlings uh, communicating with the spaceship, and they're communicating through this weird technological music Dude. composition that goes back and forth. So it's like a computer learning to talk to a uh, an instrument, oh, which is sort of sweet. I get it. That's the only time he was ever subtle about it. The rest of the time, it's just that idiot kid bounding up on a lawn. Tom Cruise, I'm alive! You know, and and it's me in the audience going, hey, you've ruined the movie! You know, so screw that. I forget the original question. I don't. That know. first sequence in War of the Worlds, though, is I like scary and genius. Everything till the end. Everything till the end. If you you know, but no, the basement scene dragged out quite a bit too. And that basement scene is stolen from Jurassic Park, by the way. It's it's the same thing as when the kids are locked in the kitchen in Jurassic Park and the raptors are coming in. That's it. I mean, that's just flat out stolen from there. So, all right, well, there you go. He also ruined the ending of AI, or should I say, the many endings of AI, a movie that I liked and then never seemed to end. Where you're just sitting looking at your watch going, this is now the fifth ending to this film. That's wonderful. Oh, that still gives me nightmares, like, thinking about that kid walking through creepy underwater Coney Island. See, but don't you think it should have ended there? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, the next, like, four hours or whatever it is that, like, went after that? Uh, well, in any event. Straight ahead, we'll talk to uh, Tim Riley about more news of the world. Lisa Desjardins will join us from uh, Capitol Hill. Aaron Duran with The Weekend Geek and a review of Inglorious Bastards at 7. And Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. Stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Sorry. Putting the cult in pop culture. Greetings, Optimus Prime. <laughs> I am Mega Chest. The Rick Emerson Show returns. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist, and should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. Survive. Today we celebrate. 
That's a remix of the music. That is not original. The thing that Sarah just played? The music has been remixed. The music is not the same in the movie as it is in that cut. Yeah, this is the same one that we played. I think she's playing it. Uh, you're just playing it directly from the film, though, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Tim, do you have some secret alternate version of Independence Day you haven't shared with the rest the of us? The music doesn't come up until the very end. Oh, so now I'm going to have to watch it again. It comes in the middle of a speech in this cut. Yeah, don't this you? is the same clip I've had for like two years. This is the first time I've noticed it. Well, you watch a director's cut of it, though, don't you? You have a longer version of Independence Day. I think I have both. I think a listener, didn't uh, the Michael from uh, Seaside, didn't he give us the, the like, mm-hmm. he dropped off like, and here's an, it's got 20 extra minutes to it. Here's the thing about that uh, that I realize now. I mean, I guess I'm reversing the order of how I should, these, these I really got to flip-flop this comparison. But that's sort of the true blood of presidential uh, speeches right there, because oh, it totally it's just is. so badly done, but it's kind of great. For example, I mean, you, I, I don't know how many people wrote Independence Day. I don't know if that was a movie that was worked on by like one guy or 50 guys, but I'm suspecting it's closer to 50. Because you can tell that that speech was written by the committee, because the, the big sections of it don't make any sense. Like when he says, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. Clearly it rhymes, and then it's meant to lead up to a third thing, and then it never does. He just says, we're going to live on, which <laughs> makes no sense. And then that he, and I, I think, um, I think Bobby made this point one time about in, in, uh, Star Wars when, um, it was it when Obi-Wan says something about the, as though millions of voices we cried out and then were snuffed out or whatever it was he says when there's, when he, when Alderaan gets blown down, but he, and he feels the great disturbance in the force. And he says, you know, like, you're not supposed to use the word out, like, back to back like that if you're trying to write something powerful. So, like, when he says, today we celebrate our Independence Day, <laughs> that's just bad writing. I mean, that's that's just not but good. But that's where the music comes up at the end. It makes you forget about that. Well, that's what they, they must have figured out. We need to distract people. Wave something bright and shiny in an aural sense. All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101. What headlines are we following for the good people of Portland, Oregon, Tim Riley? Well, fancy you should ask. Uh, Sears online ad mistakenly offers a grill that cooks babies. I saw that yesterday. It's awesome. What? Did you not see that? No. Oh, it's... I mean, I'm not saying you should grill babies. No. You shouldn't. A woman sues a zoo claiming to encourage dolphins to splash her. A Southwest Airlines jet is forced to make an emergency landing due to a naked passenger... And a sock bandit is on the loose in Arizona. I will say this. If you're flying Southwest, at least you know the naked passenger is relatively slim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you're anything but, you're not going to fit into a Southwest uh, flight. So there's that, at least. Coming up at uh, 640, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. uh, Aaron Duran is the Weekend Geek at 7. Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. Don't forget, when you hear the cult, you want to be caller 10 at 503-228-4101 when you hear the cult. And uh, when you do, you will uh, win yourself a pair of passes to see the cult at the Roseland next Tuesday, performing the Love Album all the way through. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley, as well as Lisa Desjardins, Aaron Duran, Daxhold, and more. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Friday. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in low definition. Are you just going to let me bleed out? The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 I'm sure it wasn't anything creepy, whatever it was. No, not at all. 
It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are here on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran has the Week in Geek. Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ rejoining us at 8 o'clock. And at the, some point today, we'll have a pair of tickets to KUFO Summer of Rock Tour Part 3, the Pedal to the Metal Tour starring uh, Mudvayne, Static X, and Black Label Society. So our final uh, pair of tickets for that coming up at some point today. And in the 8 o'clock hour, 8.20, Sarah and I will do uh, our predictions for this coming Sunday's uh, installment of True Blood. And we'll talk about Mad Men. So episodes 2 and 3 leaked i mean leaked isn't even the wrong way to put it i mean apple just put them in the itunes store too early right yes. leaked implies that they were somehow that like it was hacked like into or something se- yes secreted out like in you know in the bottom of a, of a laundry basket or something well did you know that one out of four music sales in the u.s is done through itunes now? itunes is the single largest music retailer in the world they uh, surpassed walmart walmart was the single yes. largest retailer of music itunes has surpassed walmart incredible yeah whatever you do record industry don't uh, rue the opportunity you had to own all of that all right, let's uh, welcome down to the Rick Emerson show. Don't dwell on that for the rest of your uh, for the rest of your existence. That that could have been you. Let's welcome down to the Rick Emerson show from the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? I'm fantastic. I should say, by the way, so you sent us these pictures yesterday. Um, two of the inside of your newsroom, and then one of you at the desk and in the background. I can see you have a sweater covering your computer monitor, and then you've got sort of. It looks like one of those things that, what's that thing called? Like a, uh, 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 not a scarf, it's a pashmina. Is that what that thing's called? But you have like a big scarf thing that you've taped up over the window in your office because they were doing a, like a drill of some kind and you didn't want the man to come find you and kick you outside. You wanted to, wanted to stay and work. Yeah, that's right. And I had, I also found, I had this folder that, it, funny, I didn't even realize what it was. That was from the original Cash for Clunkers bill that was just lying around and I just taped it up to my window. Excellent. And it, so it, it was, it, it was you and one other guy. And so you were never discovered, yeah. right? You were able to sit no, there. No, and- we were never, and we turned down all the lights um, in basically our whole little, um, like there's, Four small hallways around us, and we turned off all the lights. and And uh, he and I just both hunkered down in our booths and were emailing each other. And the only light up there was kind of the strobe flashing light that goes off whenever there's some kind of you know evacuation at the Capitol. So it was it was very creepy and weird. Please tell me that there was a moment where the security guard was walking by outside, like the guy in Die Hard, and he's sort of shining a light around. And then you see his <laughs> foot, you see the shadow of his foot, uh, you know, the shadow of his feet underneath the door, and they're walking by, and then they stop outside your office and the doorknob jiggles and then you're just standing there holding your breath and then he walks on i've definitely had the flashlight footstep moment never the jiggling of the handle uh but it didn't happen yesterday actually i don't i don't think anybody came up there because i I think everybody's on vacation in washington i think they were just like eh whatever (laughs) and but to me i you know i i was it was like being in in a submarine you know and harrison ford is out there somewhere (laughs) Exactly. I would like to have seen Montana. Let me uh, <laughs> exactly. let me ask you this. Uh, first of all, is Barney Frank often given to yelling at people in this sort of weird, raspy, touche turtle kind of voice? Because if so, he's even more awesome than I thought he was before. Yeah, he is. And he's, he is one of the guys. There are a lot of very smart people in Congress. There are some who, you know, who are just skilled. But he is skilled and smart. And there is almost nothing that is as fun to me as going to um, a pen and pad with him, which is where there's no cameras and it's just reporters crowded around asking him questions. So it's very informal. And at least half of the questions are questions that he thinks are, are not, not worthy of being asked to him, that are just kind of dumb questions. And he, he will completely bust on reporters in this way that the reporter just can't 
he has nothing to say because he's usually right. He's usually like, yeah, that was that was a that was a waste of everybody's time. What, what are you doing? And so this is the thing with the town hall where you said, "Ma'am, talking to you would be like talking to a piece of furniture." <laughs> and you, is there anybody else? I mean, I was trying to think if there's any other well-known politician. I mean, you got like your Jesse Ventura types, but he almost doesn't count because people view him as an entertainer first in some ways. Is there, there's really nobody else who could get away with doing that that I can think of. The only person I can think of is actually a historic figure. I'd say Winston Churchill. I don't know if you heard the story where Winston Churchill, you know, he was not very popular at some points of his career. And a woman came up to him in England and, and said, uh, you know, if, if you were my husband, I'd poison you. And then he responded, if I was your husband... I drink it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that great? And so I think it's the same kind of just, you know, boom, great kind of sardonic wit That's that fin- you don't see a lot. That's fantastic. So why does it always seem to me, well, let me just back up for a second uh, on this healthcare thing, because I don't even know, I can't even keep track of what's a spin and what's lie and what's people right. just not knowing what their own party is doing. Because on the one hand, you had the, the Republicans saying that they, you know, they, they're not going to accept any of the, the, you know, the, the, the government is payer, the public option. And then it looked like the Democrats were going to give in on that, too. And then we heard they weren't. And then we heard that they were going to do this sort of backdoor option of kind of ramming it through without, you know, without ever having to get the 60 votes for it. And now I'm not even really sure. So I've completely <laughs> lost the thread of wherever we were on this. Basically, what's happened is the news media has needed something to cover. And there really hasn't been any dramatic changes, but there has been a lot of very heated debate. You know, the public's gotten involved, and so there's been a lot of discussion. There, there is Democrats are worried about getting Republican votes in the Senate. Uh, they are realizing that maybe they'll have to go it alone. So you, you heard a lot about that story, but but it's all very you know, maybe we might we got to think about it. it. It's not at a point where they're making decisions yet, and and at the same time you have the president who is you know hitting radio, TV. I don't know if he's going to be like his face on a blimp, but he is hitting everything that he can uh, to get his message out. And and he is saying hey, there are blatant lies about our plan. He, he's right on on some things that that of course there's no death squad. In this health care bill, that it's not true that, that anything called a death squad or anything that would um, force anyone, especially the elderly, to die is in the bill. But but in the bill, there are, you guys probably know about this, that, that there is a provision that would um, have end-of-life counseling every five years for people on Medicare. It'd be an option, but you can get into that debate whether it would work out in reality, to be an option. Is that really where we are with the American healthcare system, that it's considered a win that they will not, quote, have a provision that will force you to die? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you want to keep living, it's up to you. I mean, I guess you can if you want. Fine. Have you read the book Boomsday? I have not. Oh, it's great. It's by the guy who um, wrote Thank You for Smoking. Right. And and he basically, the whole uh, premise is, uh, you know, this young woman comes up with this, like, kind of, She's really doing a parody, satire, um, and she proposes that uh, older people sign contracts with the government to, you know, kill themselves early on, and their family will get all kinds of benefits So, in order to, like, save money in Medicare and Social Security. And so, so and, and this came out, you know, a couple years ago, and now, and, and I think it's kind of led to this sort of fear of, you know, when everyone, you know, everyone was scared that computers were going to start walking around and right. killing us Arnold Schwarzenegger style. I think this is now the fear that now big government is going to force people. It's going to be Nancy Pelosi on your front porch with a syringe. Right. Or just some scissors right by your wires. <laughs> uh, speaking of death, Lucy, you have 10 minutes to get to uh, Bob Novak's funeral. 
Oh, I didn't know that. See, wow. nobody misses him. <laughs> it's this. Apparently, there was no memo put out about that. It's at St. Patrick's Church in Washington. Is that old? Okay, that's not the one. In, that's not in New York. That's not, well, that's not old Washington. Hey, I think that's. Uh, I don't know if that. I think that's. Is that on Capitol Hill? If it's on Capitol Hill, then. Uh, I'm there. You could swing by. I could, I could swing by. Nobody will be there. Say, oh, so that's, I don't know if, I've, if how my church clothes are looking. Yeah. That's not old St. Patrick's Cathedral, though. That's oh, it's the, in St. Patrick's Catholic Church, Washington, oh, D.C. See, I was going to be all envious for a second that he was being buried where they had the uh, christening sequence in The Godfather. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. This isn't that. I think this is like right. I might be confusing it with St. John's, but I, I think it's on Capitol Hill. Uh, and by the way, just as we sort of wrap this up, I should say that I'm never taking a vacation again because I go to town and everything happens. I go to town. John Hughes dies. Unit. Uh, the, the Kennedy Shriver dies. Who, who was the third? Uh, Les Paul died. Um, they let Squeaky Frome out of prison. I wasn't around for that. Uh, and then apparently there was some, I don't know, so, some sort of alleged scandal with uh, with Michelle Obama wearing uh, wearing what what were described to me as short shorts. And I think really we've officially run out of things to cover in this country. If these are called short shorts, I mean, it really is like she just. It's like she just stopped by the Gap when they were having some sort of a clearance. Uh, and just ask for something bulky to wear. So, it's just a whole lot of weirdness yeah, out there. Yeah, there's a lot you missed. And, you know, I have to say for listeners who actually know the Winston Churchill quote, I'm sorry, I know I kind of messed it up. I haven't looked it up online, but I know in my head I didn't get it exactly right. But you get the point. I'm sure that there were many, many thousands of people rushing to their uh, computers right now to send you off scathing emails criticizing your ever-so-slightly off recitation uh, yeah, of a Winston Churchill quote. was involved. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's yeah. okay. You know what? It, earlier on in this program, someone in the studio, I won't say who, asked the question... Stop it. See, I wasn't even going to identify you as the source I of the am quote. Not, I am not ashamed. Lisa's sitting there agonizing that she might not have gotten that Winston Churchill quotation exactly correct, whereas Sarah said earlier, quote, hey, do you have fingerprints on your toes? And I meant to say toe prints, but you know what? It's like 530 <laughs> in the morning. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, so. it's early. It is early in the morning there. That's yeah. right. On that note, uh, have a fantastic weekend, Lisa. We'll talk okay, to you soon. Okay, you guys too. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen, one of our very favorites here. I'm going to latch on to something that you say. Oh, yeah, that'll <laughs> be hard. <laughs> Have you listened to any of the things that take us into and out of commercial break here where I'm you know, talking about whizzing on John Turturro? So, What was that thing we just played of you, though, coming back know. from the I break? I heard something about bleeding. Mm. Well, I don't know. Any number of things. All right. Straight ahead, uh, Tim Riley has news, Aaron Duran has The Week in Geek, Dax Holt has Scandal from TMZ, and we will have a pair of tickets for you to see uh, KUFO Summer of Rock Part 3, the Pedal to the Metal Tour. Find them more at KUFO.com and be listening. We'll have one more pair of tickets to give away for that. We are live from Portland. Stay right there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. 9-1. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. It's 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us today. You can also uh, text if you like, 52051. Or you can email rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Nibbler can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. By the way, uh, I use this... Um I don't know if you've seen like the signature file in my emails. I'm using this this uh, this uh, voice rec- this speech recognition software um, when I answer my email now. Just because I mean it's, it's like such a the pussy American complaint. My hands hurt from typing. Dude, I just transcribed my entire journal. And it's eight pages long. Oh, your New, New York, York journal. Yeah, I just finished it, and it took four. 
forever. Yeah. Forever. It took hours. It took yeah. like yeah, two hours to like take to write eight pages. And you don't want to whine about typing because it does sound like it just sounds like such a sissy complaint. But on the other hand, like you realize why people get carpal tunnel after type. Well, I mean, Aaron had carpal tunnel, so we'll we'll talk to him about that in just a second. But anyway, so I felt really bad because I you know this, you know. Not all about like you know how how popular we are, or whatever. But I, you know we get a lot of email, and, and I just wasn't able to you know because every single person on Earth now is equipped with a keyboard device of some kind. Like everybody now, no matter who you are, has the ability in some way to send us a message electronically. So there's just way more of that stuff to answer than there ever used to be, just because everybody's got uh, you know got some sort of a transmission device. And so I had all this email coming in, and I just had all this Catholic guilt about not answering it, especially because, as I've told the story, that my wife sent Henry Rollins a question one time, like last year, year and a half ago. She's like, dear Henry, you know, I'm thinking about traveling. Where should I go? And like nine minutes later, you know, ding, new mail. There's Henry Rollins emailing my wife. And I just, so I was like, that's it. I got to start answering my email. Um, And so I got this, uh, this voice recognition software, which actually is like scary good. It's freakishly intelligent. It actually kind of weirds me out a little bit. Because it understands like words that sound the same but are two different things, and it's just, like all this like weird Skynet software. The one thing though that I that, that you have to calibrate is you have to calibrate it to certain names sometimes. So every time I say Nibbler, of course it just you know does the N I B B L E R, which I've actually sent it a couple times and I actually I didn't catch it. So anyway, the point is if you want to send Greg Nibbler something that is N I B L E R. At KUFO.com. And if you get an email from me that looks like it has a, a few strange turns of phrase in it, or if it looks like I'm, uh, like I just talk about the, you know, clowns or something for no reason in the middle of it, more than likely that's a, uh, that is a technological glitching is what's happening right there. So welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from geekinthecity.com. Uh, our good friend, uh, Aaron, a geek in the city, Duran, joining us now on the uh, Rick Emerson show. Hello, sir. How are Hello. you? Hello. How are you? I am fantastic. <clears throat> As am I. I'm sleepy. Hi. I got, got you a present. You've got sexy, raspy voice going on there. Yeah, every third Thursday is the adult game night, which demands that I, you know, drink beer until midnight, and then I have to get up It early demands. To... It's part of the bylaws. It does demand. That's right. And now for the lot... hoisting of the third flagon. <laughs> you look a lot better than the last time you played it. Oh, yeah. No, last time I was hurting. Oh, Lord. Uh, so let's talk about, real quickly, you've seen Inglorious Bastards. Yes, I have. You've seen the Avatar trailer. Yes, I have. Which is the the trailer for the new Cameron film. Yeah. And then, have you seen District 9? No. How is that possible? Because there's only so many hours in the day, man. This geek can only be spread so thin. Okay. Uh, The events, there are too many. District 9 versus uh, Inglorious Bastards. Who do you think takes number one this weekend? Uh, Well, I think Inglorious Bastards will just because it's got... You know, know, Quentin Tarantino does World War II. So it's got a pretty good marketing campaign behind it. Um, and then, in my opinion, uh, Inglorious Bastards is going to just take a huge nosedive. It's going to fall after the first week. Oh yeah, right. yeah. So we'll get your uh, we'll get your full thoughts on that, and we'll talk about what else is happening in the world of uh, Portland geekology this coming weekend. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following for the good people of Portland, Oregon today? Well, we're uncovering a lot more facts about the activities of this former Miss Oregon teen and what she's been doing while spending time in Hollywood. A Pennsylvania teenager was charged with allowing younger girls to lick chocolate off his chest. And, yes, a woman accusing a magician, David Copperfield, of raping her met him in Kennewick. Which I still don't understand. I mean, why? Where is she from? It's the place where dreams come true, Rick. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Now it says that she's from Seattle, but it doesn't say. Exactly how I describe it. Where she was at that time. I Maybe she was in the Aztec tomb. The thing that I can't figure out and that none of these stories have explained is why David Copperfield 
would have been. If you, people know where Kennewick, you probably, I mean, if you spend any time in the Northwest, you probably know where Kennewick is. It's, it's just, at the Kennewick Palace of Arts. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Well, I don't know if there's such a place. No. No, of course not. There's just a place that sells radioactive marbles. Did I ever give you guys radioactive marbles from Kennewick? No. Do you want some? No. Okay. Yes, you did a long time ago. You uh, did them somewhere. Kennewick is my hometown. It's this tiny little fly speck, and it's in southeastern Washington. Uh, and it's just this minute. I mean, there was like 20,000 people there when I lived there. I don't know how many people live there now, maybe 50. But I mean, but it's a tiny, hellish, uninteresting, unpleasant, terrible place filled with rubes who have no teeth. So I don't know why David Copperfield, well, again, it's not like he's the president, but, but, the, but he is, I would say David Copperfield's a big celebrity. Yes. I'd say that maybe he is to you, but I mean, like, I don't really know him. Like, all I know is that he was married to a supermodel and that he was a magician. Well, that's the thing. Well, like, if you, but, but that alone, if you were ever married to a supermodel, which he's not now, is he still married to Claudia Schiffer? No. So if you were ever married to a supermodel, you have no business being in Kennewick. There's just no, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, found two Kennewick shows coming up next month. One is Hart, the other is Paul Rodriguez. Both Hart is playing in Kennewick? That's what it says, September 22nd. Dude, Bob Tuesday, Dylan played in Pullman. Yeah, but Pullman's People, a college town, at least. Yeah, but they don't they hold with book what, learning in Kennewick. They can take whatever they can get. Apparently, there's some place called the Toyota Center at Three Rivers that brings in all the stars in Kennewick. It must right. be the casino. Now, Greg feels uh, that David Copperfield is a big celebrity. David I mean, Copperfield counts as a celebrity. Well, see, you and Greg, though, are the same age. Yeah, but this isn't uh, an age thing. Yeah, I don't think that's an age thing. It's not an age thing. David Copperfield was huge for like 15, 20 years. See, I, mean, I think David, I think Nibbler just hit it right there. I don't think he's a big celebrity. I think he's on the downslide. Well, I mean, he's not as big as he as he wants. I mean, in other words, it's not like his salad days or anything. It's right. not like this is the peak of his career. But, I mean, I'm not comparing him to Bob Dylan. But, but, but I mean, you could say that Bob Dylan isn't really the peak of his career, but he's still a big celebrity. Everybody knows who he is. Just because, you know, just because he's not racking up number one albums at this point. Just because David Copperfield is making the Statue of Liberty disappear like now, I mean, everybody knows who he is. Yes. So I, it's just, I can't believe I'm spending all this time wondering why David Copperfield would be in Kennewick, but it just There's makes no sense There's another place called the Tri-Cities Coliseum. Is that like the old Greek theater? <laughs> yes, it's, exa- it's like the Parthenon, Tim. That's, ex- it's, that's exactly what it's like. All right, straight ahead, we will have Aaron Duran, who will talk to us about the uh, trailer for the new James Cameron film, Avatar. Uh, we'll talk about Inglorious Bastards and find out uh, what's going on in the, uh, the world of the Portland Geek. This weekend. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ and more news from Tim Riley on the way. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Friday. Stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Share your thoughts. We'd like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, you can text anytime at 52051 or you can call at 503-228-4101. Don't forget at some point today, our final pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock, the Pedal to the Metal Tour, starring Mudvayne, Black Label Society, Static X, and more. You can find out more about that at KUFO.com. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ, 820. Sarah and I will do our predictions for this Sunday's True Blood episode. We'll talk about Mad Men. Uh, so episodes two and three inadvertently uh, put on sale by the iTunes store. So they're probably out there floating around somewhere. Spoilers are already apparently filling up every corner of the Internet. So uh, beware as ye are pursuing your day. We're here with Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com uh, for the Week in Geek. Yeah. 
In no particular order, let's just tackle uh, all the big things. So there's Inglorious Bastards, which you have seen, the new Tarantino yeah. film. Yeah, the, yeah. That opens, uh, well, that opens today. And thumbs up, thumbs down? Um, thumbs sideways. How's that? Uh, I've heard a lot of people give it <laughs> like the moderately yeah. positive reviews. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Quentin Tarantino has gotten really, really good at filming chaotic and action scenes and, and shooting and heads exploding. I mean, he's really good at it. He's really tapped into that kind of grindhouse vein, which works perfectly for Inglorious Bastards. My personal problem is the guy is freakishly in love with his own voice. So the the quote dialogue driven scenes have become just really just pedantic and tedious. Are we talking like death proof level yeah. dialogue? Yeah. And he wants to prove his love and knowledge of cinema by having these characters talk about how much they know about cinema. Right. So there will be entire scenes where Nazi guards and undercover French not you know you know undercover French pretending to be Nazis will talk about the merits of 1920s German expression of cinema. That's probably how it really was, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh man, come on, this thing is called. You're supposed to just be killing Nazis in the backwoods of France. Can you get to killing the Nazis? And is it that thing where, you, like, as you said, you clearly it is this Quentin Tarantino who wants to demonstrate his mastery of a subject by just having his characters talk about it. Yeah, sort of, of which endlessly. they all, all of them do. Um, and for being called uh, Inglorious Bastards, the the Bastards maybe make up 40 minutes of a two and a half hour film. I, you know, David Walker said the same thing. He yeah. said that the movie's two and a half hours long and that the everything they're using to pitch it, which is Brad Pitt and his sort of band of merry yeah. you know, madmen, yeah. that they are there for, I think he said, between 40 and 50 minutes and the rest of it is... You know, it's just sort of these long, as you said, these long sort of dialogue sequences are just kind of drug out. Yeah, and none of the dialogue sequences really, really pop and capture you. Um, the, the the standout moments of Inglorious Bastards are, A, the man who plays the um, the villain Nazi. The main, they call him the Jew Hunter is what he's known as. That guy is just the slimiest, nastiest villain that I've seen on the screen in a long, long time. I mean, he's just repellent in every way. Which makes him a great villain. Right. And then another standout performance and character development, which this pains me to say, was Eli Roth. Really? Yeah. I was hoping he'd be awful. And that's not to say everyone else is bad, but Eli Roth's character, who the Nazis call the German bear, because he's this big guy that bashes you know Nazis with a baseball bat, he's the only one that's really given any kind of character to background or any kind of character research. You have no idea how much it, it hurts me to have to think about the How do you think I feel? Eli, Eli Roth being great at something in a movie. Well, what could he do? I mean, maybe maybe he'll get the acting bug and he'll quit directing. That would be really nice. That's a plus. I'd take that as a trade-off. Yeah. No, that would be fine. Um, yeah, and yeah, just check it out, but don't. Ex- you're not going to get how it's being pitched. You're not going to get Quentin Tarantino does World War II. Um, as far as the new uh, trailer for the James Cameron film for Avatar, mm-hmm. so Sarah, have you seen this yet? Did you look at the no, Avatar trailer? I, I saw like the sneak preview from Comic Con, but um, I was more distracted by all the lost stuff and everything. Yeah. So there's the, so if you haven't seen this yet, this is, uh, and I think today is probably a better day to see it than yesterday because the technical problems that were plaguing the Apple site yeah. were just they were myriad. Um, the trailer for the new Cameron film, which is what the film's not in, entirely CG, but it's. It's uh, largely CD, because they keep right. pitching it as like it's a groundbreaking project somehow for reasons that I don't really it's understand. It's supposed to be a fully integrated CG and live actors film. Like, there will be actors inside CG power suits. Right. So oh, Kind of like Angelina Jolie and Beowulf? Uh, no, 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 but it's not going to be that motion capture stuff. Okay. It'll be very much... Yeah, it's not the motion capture. They're going to physically take actors and have them moving in these power suits in some of those scenes. 
and a lot of the background is going to be CG. The, so the rather main than, character is CG. So rather than putting computer animation in real-life situations, they're going to have real-life actors inside CGI yeah, yeah, sets, yeah. basically. Yeah, and the trailer broke yesterday, and... Um, I I wasn't super impressed by I, it. I, it looked like a video game to me. It looked very unimpressive. I I wasn't. I was really. In fact, while watching the and I watched it again last night, and I, I watched it again just to make sure that I my eyes weren't sort of deceiving me somehow because yeah. I thought, well, this can't really be it right. because they keep talking about what a game changer it's going to be and how this Cameron film is going to set the standard for which he's done in the past with right. Abyss and T2 he really he upped all yeah. the stakes I mean when CG. people say that about Cameron you know they're not just kind of you know you know shilling for yeah. the company because he's done it and every yeah. time he says he's going to do it he has done it here's what I think though possibly is that a this may not be a finished looking like it may have a couple of layers still right and b he has filmed this with the intent that it must be seen in his real d technology ah, right. so maybe on that flat mon- you so know, I'm watching medium. on a 12 inch screen at home it yeah. might not really convey the uh, richness right, yeah. of the experience but um the the best and by best i mean the the worst uh, comment i've seen somebody mention on avatar uh someone wrote you know, you'd think after 10 years and half a billion dollars, we wouldn't get Fern Gully 2. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. You're totally right about yeah. that. Uh, what is going on in uh, Portland in the world it's kind of, of a, It's kind of a slow weekend in Portland. The only thing that you really should check out is uh, an, um, a show called uh, The Manor of Art. And it takes place out at Milepost 5, which is this um, artist collective out by on uh, 82nd. It's a really cool <clears throat> art show. They essentially have taken over an abandoned retirement home, which in and by itself is really creepy and fantastic. Each artist was given one of the rooms in the retirement home and said, have fun. So some people just kind of hung up paintings. Other people created interactive shooting galleries and just these bizarre um, artistic pieces, and it's really fantastic. This is the last weekend it's happening. You should definitely check it out. Even if you're not kind of into the art scene, there are some great exhibits at this place. And what's it called? It's called Manor of Art, and it's out at uh, Milepost 5. So you can either Google Milepost awesome. 5 or Manor of Art and check it out. It's really cool. Excellent. Uh, GeekInTheCity.com is the website. Aaron Duran, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up next, more news from Tim Riley at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. Seventh, um, 820 are uh, predictions for True Blood and Mad Men, Episode 2, which comes up this Sunday. Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. It's Friday morning. Back after this. is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is The Rick Emerson Show. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101 KUFO. It is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's Friday morning coming up at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ coming up at 8.20. Sarah and I will do our predictions for True Blood this coming Sunday's uh, episode. We'll talk about Mad Men episodes 2 and 3. So episode 2 is this Sunday. Episode 2 and 3 have both uh, inadvertently been put up for sale on iTunes. And I think they've been taken off the iTunes store already, yep. but not before they sort of leaked all over the Internet. I know. I guess it was only up like for three minutes, but, you know, like yeah. thousands and thousands of people got it. Uh, it's for anyone who bought the season pass, which is twenty four ninety nine. Is that true? And yeah. so it just – and the season pass, does it just – now, if you get the season pass, does it just appear – on your computer or on your iPod or whatever, or do you have to actively still go download it every week? I would imagine it appears there. All right. Like magic. So that's that. Uh, so this is the danger then of them releasing anything ahead of time because then, you know, even if they spot it, everybody's computer who is set to automatically download has already sort of grabbed it. All right. 
Uh, we've also got our final pair of tickets uh, on this show anyway for KUFO Summer of Rock Part 3. Uh, and that is uh, uh, Mudvayne as well as uh, Black Label Society, Static X, and more of that happens. Uh, um, I'm confusing it with the cult thing in my head now. Here, it's right behind you. I know, it's in huge letters on the thing behind me. Sunday, August 23rd. Uh, you can find out more at KUFO.com. Yes, and we also our... have other tickets we're going to be giving away perhaps on yes. Monday. Right? See, that's, that's what was screwing me up just now. See, and I was trying to do it all in my head. I was trying to keep it organized because we've got... Uh, so we've got Pedal to the Metal, which happens Sunday. So our final pair of tickets we're giving away for that today. You can find that more at KUFO.com, but be listening for those. We're going to give those away at some point for the end of the show. We've got The Cult, and that is happening next Tuesday. And we were giving away tickets for that as well. And I'm going to give away all the details for this. I'll just say, so we hadn't planned. You, you've probably, you know, you've heard the, the things play for, you know, Nickelback is Nickelback is coming. And we had not, I don't think we'd planned on giving away Nickelback tickets, just, you know, because there's a lot going on, a lot of things, you know. There's lots only, to do, oh, lots to do. Lots of stuff to give away, only so many minutes in the day. And just well, please, we can always make a minute for Nickelback, right? You there. should all, always note, uh, when things like this happen, I only had to say the words nickel and back. Greg just pointed at me, the phones are already lighting up. All I have to do is just go, Nickelback. Nickelback. And people call, and it's can we always just start replacing women, random too. words with Nickelback? It's always nickel. chicks. Chicks, chicks. He, that guy's got some weird. It's he's got some looking. strange, like catnip kind of something. He's slathered himself in that I, Chad Kroger guy. He is not good looking. Ugh, he's just. He looks slimy. He looks like a guy who'd be at a Ren fair. That's kind of my thing. He looks like a. You know what he looks like? He looks like to me. He looks like the guy that plays. Um, I was going to say the sheriff of Nottingham, but that's not. That's uh, that's what's his name? Um, that's uh, Alan Rickman. He looks like the bad guy, not in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, but in, um, uh, is it Braveheart? Is that the movie I'm thinking of? Hmm. Who's the, uh, but he looks, but he looks like a guy who would be sort of a sheriff of Nottingham type. Like he should have tights on and be followed around by a, a guy in a, knees. In, a, in a jester cap. <laughs> anyway, so we were not going to be giving away Nickelback tickets, but we got so much response. It was the people just emailing and just texting us and all this stuff. And we got this one text that stood out. And it was from a girl named Mandy. Mandy said, I would do anything for Nickelback ticks. Number four. Uh, and ticks, it, it was like a bunch of exclamation marks. And I think it was all uppercase. So we were talking about this yesterday. And we're gonna, uh, we are going to roll some of those out next week. So that's not as of now. So please, for the love of God, quit bothering Greg Nibbler about Nickelback tickets today. Or ticks, as the case may be. Wait till next week. So starting next week. Actually, starting on Monday, uh, we are going to do a little something with that. So you just be listening for details. I will. All I'll say is this: um, you should be listening Monday to uh, to hear how we uh, to hear how we engage in this. So just uh, be listening at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. It's your personal savior, Tim. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. Seven forty-three now. It's going to be partly sunny and in the seventies all weekend. The OLCC may revamp its ban on advertising happy hours or throughout the rules entirely. They're going to decide at some point today. A slick criminal conned his jailers into getting him a wheelchair for a fake injury, and then he escapes. Andrew Webb had his Yamhill County keepers push him in the wheelchair outdoors and quickly bolted from the parking lot, handcuffed and all. He was barefoot. He even jumped over the fence, and he had a small posse of cops chase him. They couldn't find him. The video looks like a bunch of Keystone cops. He was last seen driving away after he shaved his head. Starbucks is cutting prices on some drinks while raising the price of those that are more difficult to make. 
frappuccinos and mustachios could go up as much as a quarter. And I don't think them. Uh, those don't... things are a pain. I worked for Starbucks, and those are a pain in the ass to make. Well, I was going to say, but isn't it? But I thought all that stuff was made by a machine now. But we had that story about how. Uh, about how no, the, but the frappuccinos you have to you have all these individual blenders. So there isn't like a like a, a concoction like a machine that just squirts out no, the frappuccino to, stuff. You have to piece it all together by hand. And now they have like smoothies. They have the coffee frappuccino. They have you know like all different kinds of flavors. And you can't use the same blender for all the different kinds of drinks. So you have to like hand wash it and then you know make another drink. So if someone orders four different drinks that are four different kinds of blended drinks, I guess that makes sense. If they have different flavors of frappuccinos, they would have to have. Oh, it's awful. I would always get so mad when people ordered Frappuccino. Because I was thinking, well, you know, they got Frappuccino that they got in the bottle of the store. Why don't they just have a big tank of that somewhere? No, it's like a powder and ice and like some other stuff. You have to mix it all together. Do you still know uh, Starbucks recipes by hand or by heart? I mean, could you still, I mean, could you do it if you had to? Probably. If I, if like, if I put you, put you down and said, make me a whatever, and they just coughed up some Starbucks yeah, item. that wasn't the only time I was a barista. I've been a barista, like, um, probably... Probably about two, for about two years' time. Boy, you want to talk about uh, a company that just fell into a stream of gold with that Frappuccino thing. You know the Frappuccino alone counts for like 40% of their sales? It's like four out of every $10 that Starbucks makes is because of that thing, which was invented. I think we had this story, actually. There was the guy who invented the Frappuccino. They gave him like they gave him like $1,000 or something. They gave him $1,000 in a Starbucks T-shirt. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, Sierra says it's a mistake that they're advertising grills to cook babies. Online, there was some typographical error. It is not for sale. It's really to saute babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Christmas is four months away, you cannot buy this uh, grill to cook babies. The department store is currently offering a grill on its website it, under human cooking. Grills to cook babies and more. I Somebody sent me this yesterday. Somebody grabbed a screen capture. Of, oh, you have it? Oh, it's it's awesome. It, yeah, somebody, it somebody sent me yesterday afternoon. So if you look at this photo... Isn't that awesome? You can see it online. I'm sure that it's everywhere. But a guy sent it to me yesterday, and the guy who sent it to me was just sort of mystified. He said, Rick, why does it say this? And it's a screen capture of this Sears webpage, and it's barbecues. And you know at the top, like, it'll yeah. it'll have this series of categories. Like at Amazon, it would say, like, you know, books, current, fiction, young women's, literature, Anne of Green Gables, or whatever. You know, and it has the word, it's narrowing the categories down at the top. This one just says, cooking, outdoor. Things to cook babies on. And then there's like a picture of the barbecue. And I have to say, the barbecue does seem uh, like you could probably fit four or five babies inside. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you really, if you had to. How far are you into the road yet? Wait a minute, that was a weird thing that to ask me. That doesn't cook babies. No. Why would you ask me how far into the book the road I am when I talk about, is someone just, are you, are you trying to throw me off? Is this like when you try to keep trying to convince me we're going to talk to Andy Dick as the mystery guest? No, I'm just saying, I was just wondering how far you were in. Why would you mention that right after I talked about putting, not that we're saying you should barbecue children, but I mean that the Sears catalog inadvertently, the Sears website there inadvertently listed that. In that. The worst part of that book. Is, did, Does it involve babies in a barbecue? Do you want to know or not? No, no, I don't want to know. Why would you even that say no, that? Well, no, because now it's in my head anyway. I don't think it does. I read the book. <sighs> All right. Thanks so much. I it think. does? I must have skipped that No, part. it doesn't. Yes, no, it I don't like it. I'm going to reread it then. Let's move on. Here's Andy Tim Dick Riley. wrote the forward to it, too. Thanks. I appreciate that. So uh, curious people have found out uh, more about the activities of Carrie Ann Panish. She's the former Miss Teenage Oregon who went to uh, move to L.A. after she, well, her career kind of took a nosedive, who was on that video with actor Eric Dane and his wife. Investigators, uh, her mother says, uh, yes, she's making some destructive uh, decisions lately that may ruin her. Insiders say uh, she's ended up working as a madam in Hollywood 
using the name Tristan Bailey. Well, she was anyway. Then recently, she was thrown off Dr. Drew's celebrity rehab, where she was being treated for sex addiction amid back-and-forth accusations as she punched out a cameraman, entertained unsavory drug dealer types at the Sun Valley Sober House, and stole money and personal belongings from her roommate country star, Mindy McCreevy. I had no idea. Here's what I get for now watching Celebrity Rehab. I And this is that she's from Gresham, right? Yes. I, mean, I say, like, as though you couldn't have deduced <laughs> that from all of the anecdotal evidence listed above. Well, apparently she's been showing this video around to friends. And this is the video of her and Eric Dane and Rebecca Gayhart. Mm-hmm. So we should note that Eric Dane and Rebecca Gayhart are married. But that Carrie Ann Paniche is the th- is the third she's person. The play she's the thing. Yeah, she's the other woman here, and and they. Th- this is the thing where they claim that it's not a sex video; it's a naked video because mm-hmm. they're not doing the sexing; they're just talking about it. But it does appear, and I'm just saying this is the appearance. It does appear like they're also smoking crack. That I'm just saying it. It seems that way, and I think the Inquirer flat out said that they were. I mean, if I get the, if I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. Well, there aren't a lot of substances that you smoke like crack. Well, that's it has I mean, a pretty distinctive smoke, look. Yeah, I, you don't smoke weed out of like. You know, like a little tinfoil thing in a glass pipe. Well, that's the, you know, yeah, it's, it's not like your Marlboro Reds look like a, a tiny little uh, opaque, you know, crystal balls. So I don't know what they're smoking, but it did look for all the world like it was an illicit substance of some kind because they said the DA and the cops are now actually, they requested a copy of the video because they want to see if there's any illicit activities or illegal activities being uh, performed there. Well, you can trade alligators these days to do amazing things like this. Florida alligator. An alligator where, Tim? Oh, In Florida. I got it. <laughs> ah, that was Mr. You. Bones is a seven foot long alligator who's been trained to shake hands. Uh, his trainer orders uh, Mr. Bones to shake or give me your foot. Mr. Bones will let you grab his web foot. Hold on to it and even shake it. Mr. Bones <laughs> will let you grab his web foot? Yes. When Mr. Bones performs well, he it sounds like you're testifying in some sort of fish. really unpleasant trial. Speak of alligators, who stole the alligator off my desk in my office and did not return it? Is this the musical alligator I bought you in Brighton Beach? It's already been taken off my desk. Maybe Somebody the, stole it? Well, maybe the engineers have it because they're fixing it. Because you weren't here for that. So no, I bought no, Tim. You told me about it, though. When I was in the Brighton Beach, when I was in New York, I bought Tim this alligator. It is a, uh, it's an alligator wearing a top hat holding an accordion. When you squeeze him, he sings a song or in did. Russian. He did. It happened once, and then it never worked again. So it's vanished off your desk. Maybe the maybe the engineers have him, uh, you know, in the back, and they're uh, they're fixing him up. Well, I hope so. I'm just you know. Trying no to look questions at me. asked if he's returned. Plenty of questions asked if he is not. <laughs> I'm still back on the issue of come and come and pull on Mr. Bones's foot or whatever it is you said. Right. Sounds like you ought that. to be uh, pointing at a plush doll and talking to a therapist while you say that. But it is true. It's it's uh, from Florida. Yeah, here's Tim Riley. Well, producers of the reality show in which accused murderer Ryan Jenkins appeared admits they didn't do a full background check. 51 Minds, the company that uh, produces Megan Wants a Millionaire, admits it was not aware that Jenkins had been convicted of assaulting a girlfriend when he was cast on the show. Uh, This is always a problem when you have someone with violent uh, tendencies sharing a house with unsuspecting strangers. (laughs) Do you think? Yes. 51 Minds as uh, the company did not have in place what they thought was a thorough vetting process that involves complete background checks by an outside company. Uh, hold on. The, do you like the break-off teeth at the gum line? Oh, God, Rick, don't. They promise to do better in the future. <laughs> All right. Do you uh, uh, or have you at any time had in the back of your car a bag full of fingers, yes or, or no? Hey, somebody uh, emailed this to us says, uh, Rick, I, I was just watching the Today Show. There's some guy in there who claimed he was the father of Michael Jackson's children. He told Matt Lauer that Michael Jackson, quote, 
was uncomfortable about the act of sex with a woman, end quote. All right, well, we'll talk to Dax Holt about that. Coming up at the top of the hour, Dax Holt from TMZ.com will join us. 820, we'll talk about uh, this Sunday's True Blood and Mad Men. We'll give our predictions there. And more from Tim Riley, plus a, a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock Part 3, the Pedal to the Metal concert, which happens this coming Sunday. You can find that more at KUFO.com. Find a pair of tickets for that at some point today's show. Be listening. We're live from beautiful Portland. Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up later this hour, 840, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ. So I'm looking at uh, TMZ.com, and I got this photograph of the Ryan Jenkins guy. I know we use the word douche a lot, but he does, he has the thing where the hair's a little too spiky, skin's a little too tight, teeth gleam a little bit too much, and he's he's got these kind of, uh, I work at a kiosk at the mall, sunglasses on. I know, but it's kind of scary because he doesn't look all murdery. No, well, they never do, Sarah. I'm not saying he's Sometimes guilty of anything, of course. That's, uh, these of are course. all allegations. Yeah. Um, she's hot, though. I mean, at least in this photo. That's oh what Jas- Jasmine Fiore, is that her name? Do not what? say anything else about the breaking teeth. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say that uh, this, uh, she was at, what was she? Was she a Playboy playmate or something? Or am I confusing her with somebody else? I think so. I think that's what they said. No, she seems like yeah. a fetching young lady. Well, in any event, uh, coming up at 820, we'll talk about uh, this Sunday's True Blood and Mad Men. We'll make our predictions there. And uh, Dax Holt coming up at 840. We'll also have our final pair of tickets to KUFO's Pedal to the Metal Tour that is uh, coming up sometime this hour. You'll be listening for that. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is 804. Now it's going to be partly sunny today. High temperatures will be in the 70s all weekend. Can't beat it. Well, we're going to talk to uh, Quentin Tarantino in just a moment or so. But first, Mayor Adams vows to fight what he calls aggressive panhandling and will work with the city council to come up with a new ordinance. Downtown business people complain that Portlanders don't come downtown because of obnoxious beggars. They're right, of course. See, can we get something to outlaw aggressive road construction? I was downtown, let's see, uh, it was today, today, Friday, so it was yesterday. So I went to lunch, uh, I met, she was working downtown yesterday, my wife wasn't, so I went downtown to meet Lauren. We went to that Thai place uh, that we're all big fans of. I yes. love that place. Yeah, don't you, you may love it, don't try to get there this week. Because that entire road is effed, uh, which oh. uh, that is, it's what, like second or third or something? That whole road uh, down there, and it, for reasons that I don't understand, what are they doing on third this week? Do we know? I don't know. In downtown? It's not still, like, the train thing is done, is it not? I think so. I think the max deal is... That's a different road, isn't it? Then there's a project going on at PSU where they've closed down a huge building. Yeah, they've got that, but then they're they're tearing something up downtown for a reason. But anyway, so all of uh, third has been closed down to one lane... And it's one lane, and then they had, like, the blinking uh, stoplight, you know, where they had turned off the stoplight, and there was the guy with the sign and the stop and the slow and the whatever. Anyway, it was just excruciating. So, uh, taking a vote right now, if we had to go around the room, I'm guessing that almost everybody would keep the aggressive panhandling and have them stop tearing up the road. Just leave them, you know? Absolutely. Potholes, fine. The train's a little slow, fine. Just quit closing things down there, for the love of God. And to top it off this weekend, the northbound... 405 will be closer with paving. It's going to shut down at 10 o'clock tonight. Going to be closed all weekend and will not, will not reopen till 5 a.m. Monday morning. That's 405 northbound only. See, and so what sucks about that is if you tip, if you're going on, uh, if you if you're going like to, you know, like you're going to go to 26, but you take that 12th exit 
to go, let's say if you're going over to Powell's or something, mm-hmm. you will now be obliged to go through downtown, which is previously noted is also torn up. So it's sort of like they're, it's like they're slowly closing off every single exit. I feel like I'm being painted into a corner here. The international manhunt continues with the reality show con artist turned murderer now in Canada. Ryan Jenkins was described as charming and nice to his reality show cohorts. Well, he wasn't so nice to the now dead model Jasmine Fiore. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, she's he, really dead, but... Well, he wasn't nice to her anyway. Well, do we know that that's the case? Yes. All right. Because after, uh, what, two months, they had their marriage annulled. So she claimed he wasn't nice. So that is accurate. So we've got, uh, yeah, this photograph. This is them in Vegas two weeks before you go to TMZ. It's a, the, a white couple at the Little White Chapel. That's and They're in a swimming pool and they're being photographed by somebody or other. But this is, this is uh, them. Yeah, I guess, Miller Lite in the, ca- in the background. Classy. This is like them less than two weeks, I think, before she got the, or before she was found anyway. I don't know when it, when it actually happened, like when she got killed. But And so they think he's in, in Canada and they found his yeah. car. Mm-hmm. All right. A Bothell, Washington woman is living in a moth-infected nightmare. There are moths everywhere. She goes, she she wakes up, she sees them flying around, she finds worms in her bed, and even in the towels in her furniture. This woman named Carmen has a deliberating uh, disease. She's confined to her bed with these things flapping around. It's very rare and serious. She has a disability, and now her life is being ruined by these moths. Every piece of clothing Carmen owns is in the trash. All her furniture has to go to, all because of moths. I don't understand this story. There's a woman in a wheelchair who has no clothes. No, she's uh, bedridden. She's bedridden because yeah. of moths? So the moths eat them off of her while she's bedridden? No. Why? Why is she... She has a, a disease that keeps her in bed all day, and moths have taken over her home. Oh, because she's not able to... Okay, because she wasn't able to clean the house properly. Yes. And then... So this is like that thing I had in the kitchen where I have those weird, like, little tiny moth things. Yeah, the little flies that come out of nowhere. That are in my... from water. Yeah, they're in my cabinet, uh, and it, it, like our friend uh, Todd the Corpse said there's no way to get rid of them, so you just can't. Because I, Lauren and I did the thing of going through the cupboard and getting rid of... We took out every jar, every container, every bag sprayed the inside with like lysol rubbed it without rubbing alcohol everything threw out all the bits of loose food we could put everything in brand new sealed containers put it back in like two days later flying through the kitchen again they're everywhere there's tim riley quentin tarantino's inglorious bastards which is spelled wrong and nobody bothered to correct it uh opens in the theaters and is open in many many places he says it's a wonderful motion picture oops hang on a minute uh, Quentin Tarantino says this is a wonderful motion picture. What's the chances that the most in-demand movie star, you know, of his time, you know, is like would one want to do it and and be available right exactly when I need him, which is right now? And uh, just have sometimes the movie gods frown on you, sometimes they smile on you. Is that Quentin <laughs> Tarantino? That everything yeah. just doesn't sound like it, him at all. That's what it says it is. Uh, reached out and extended its hand. Like somebody's channeling Jack Klugman there. That is, it doesn't sound anything at all like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, see, I think it does. Well, normally he's got that... It, his voice sounds real raspy, but normally he talks a lot faster. You know, he's got that weird hyper-caffeinated kind of thing. He, he, he does have that Lars Ulrich way of talking where everything mm. comes out really, really, really so quickly. No, see, because I just... I'm a pretender next to Craig Gass. Okay. I, my Ulrich is just nothing. Next to Gass, it's like my Gene Simmons, which is okay. Uh, but it's... Uh, you know, once Gass stands here and does his Ulrich, I can't do mine anymore. Mike Myers tells why he wanted to be in Inglorious Bastards. Would you like to play a British general in a World War II movie and Rod Taylor's playing Winston Churchill in a Tarantino film? Ladies and gentlemen, David Duchovny. Uh, oh, hey, speaking of David Duchovny, this is a good uh, chance to mention this. 
Um, coming up Monday on the Rick Emerson uh, program, we're going to be talking to Evan Handler. And so, Can I Ev- say why girls will be excited? Well, the, the, if you've been listening to the show for the past couple of weeks, you figured this out that every time we interview anybody, doesn't matter what their project is, doesn't matter what they're what they're actually here to talk about, or what they're promoting, or what you know their sort of uh, you know their new movie or whatever it is, it always turns out that they've been on Sex in the City. So Evan Handler, we'll start, we'll do, do this backwards. What was he on Sex in the City? Evan Handler is uh, Charlotte's. Husband uh, in Sex in the City. What's his? I'm just um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Charlotte's husband in Sex in the City, and he's also Hurley's uh, invisible friend in Lost. Okay, so, like, see, and I didn't know he was in favorite, Lost. Yeah, and he's like kind of evil and crazy in Lost, but then um, in you know in Sex in the City, he plays like this really Harry. That's his name. He plays uh, Harry, like Charlotte's really sweet husband. He's sort of a uh, he's a diminutive bald man, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you may remember him from Sex in the City, Lost. But he's on Californication. He plays he is David Duchovny's. Agent. Did you bring that for me? Uh, no, but I'll give it to you this weekend. I'll okay. drop it off at your place. Okay. Uh, so he's going to be on there because Californication Season 2 is coming out on DVD. So we're going to talk to Evan Handler from Californication on Monday. So i got to finish Season 2. I'm within, I mean, I'm about halfway through Season 2. That show is really good. I was, un, I was, I have to say, I was unsure about Californication when I first started it. Greg told me it was good. I was, I was a little torn when we first began watching it because, uh, it, it, because David Duchovny's character is sort of, I'm not going to say he's unlikable, but he doesn't have a lot of positive traits. He's not unlikable because you do eventually like him. You really, you do grow, at least for me, you you get a great amount of sort of sympathy and, you know, uh, affinity for the character. But initially you think there's nothing good about this guy. Everything about him, all his personality traits are bad and he's just kind of an a-hole. David, and P.S. David Duchovny was in Sex in the City, too. Is that true? Mm-hmm. And he, he was played, also... He played he, Carrie's high, uh, old high school boyfriend who was in a mental institution. I think he was in the Red Shoe Diaries at one point uh, as well. So the only thing about Californication is you got to get... You have to just accept the premise that David Duchovny... He's not a bad-looking man, but you have to accept the premise that in Los Angeles... All of these amazingly hot chicks, A, recognize him because he's a novelist, and they immediately recognize him, and then they all want to hump him immediately. They spot him like at a, like literally like a Ralph's supermarket. They're like, aren't you the guy who wrote a novel five years ago? Yes, I am. Let's go have sex. And then you're immediately like getting it on the back of his car. If you can accept that and suspend your disbelief, it really is a very layered, textured... I have to say this one thing, though. Speaking of, of Evan Handler, so Evan Handler... Um, plays his agent, and I won't I, I won't give anything away really because I know you're still gonna watch it. But at one point, at one point there is a sequence where there are three characters who are all having a sexual encounter together. So there's a, a, a threesome that is happening, and I have to say this: I think I alluded to this at one point, but I never really explained it to you. It was, I found it so utterly distracting because a one of the girls looks just like your friend Kelsey. Which was, I found really, I'm oh, not even going to say it's weird. off-putting, but it, you know, it takes you, you've never, now has that never happened to you where you've seen somebody in a movie or a show that looks like somebody you really know? And even if it's not like a sexual scene, you're just, you find yourself totally out of it because you're like, you can't get past how much they seem like yes, so-and-so. Yes, that's true. So, but this girl looks a lot like Sarah's friend Kelsey. If Like if Kelsey were blonde. And so I found that really, and then the other girl who's getting it on, so it's like, it's Evan Handler and two girls. And so this girl looks like Kelsey, and then the other girl is the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. So you've got basically Bobby Hill and your friend Kelsey and Evan Handler all having sex together. And I finally had to pause it for a while, and I had to walk away. I had to go to the kitchen and get myself something to eat. I couldn't, 
I had to take a break before I could finish Your watching this scene. Weird. And it was very odd. So that'll be Monday, Evan Handler. We come back a little bit more from Tim Riley, a little bit of True Blood, a little bit of Mad Men, and then later on, a little bit of Dax Holt from TMZ. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Still to come, a pair of tickets for you to see the Pedal to the Metal Tour. Be listening for that. We're live from downtown Portland. It's Friday. You stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up at 840, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ. We have more news from Tim Riley on the way. And uh, Sarah Dillon and I will do our True Blood predictions uh, for this coming Sunday's episode. So we're about two weeks behind, but we're all caught up with Mad Men, I think. And Mad Men, so episode two, which leaked online, and I, and I don't really know much about it except for that one little revelation about Peggy, which I will which I will not repeat. But so mm-hmm. <clears throat> episode two and three were inadvertently put up for sale by the iTunes store. They're already kind of being passed around, though, so you uh, you want to be cautious of uh, spoilers as you tread around the Internet. Or if you don't want to be cautious, you can be like me and seek them out. <laughs> or you can just go look. See, and I don't. See, I actively I avoid spoilers. I don't spoilers. usually. Like, I don't look at any True Blood spoilers. But for Mad Men, because it's uh, more of a lifestyle, not a plot-heavy show, you know? That's I think that's that's why I felt okay. Well, it's not like Lost, where everything is it's sort of shock revelations or twists, totally. endings. You know, with Mad Men, yeah. It's, I mean, you know, stuff happens sometimes you don't expect, but it's not, uh, it's not a cliffhanger show yeah. as such. Uh, all right, Tim Riley, uh, predictions or thoughts about this coming uh, episode of Mad Men this Sunday? Hmm. I think one of the cast members will ask to smoke marijuana. Are you uh, Are you just creating that out of your own thoughts, Tim? I just think that that is what's coming up next. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll have to see if your Nostradamus-like predictions come to fruition. Sarah Dillon, Mad Men predictions? Okay, yeah, so I have my three. So I believe that uh, Salvador, uh, now he's going to... Um, be comfortable to pursue another man since he's finally broken the ice with, um, you know, with being the gay. Um, I also think uh, Joan will break up with her rapey fiance. I forgot that he was all rapey. Yeah, he's totally rapey. And oh, rapey. yeah. And I, I also think that Don Draper is going to um, uh, meet another woman, new woman to start like a multi-episode relationship with. He's had, right. like, a couple, it's about like, time. Yeah, because he's had a couple of you know, like, sporadic flings here and there. I think mm. he's going to meet his next, you know, like long-term affair. It's what's been the, a long dry spell. Mm-hmm. What's the last long-term affair? Always oh, with the comedian's manager wife. Mm-hmm. That was the last time he had like an ongoing thing with somebody else. Because he's, then at one point, didn't he have like three mistresses or something? Yeah, because he's bouncing her and then the girl from the department store. And then the beatnik girl. And the beatnik, yeah. And plus a wife. So he was like, I had the four chicks going at once. All right. Uh, so I've got this. Uh, I've only got two. I've got um, uh, Salvatore does uh, tries to do something overtly macho and fails. Like okay. he tries to, like he goes back to the office and tries to be like, hey, look at the gams on, you know, or whatever. Or he tries to, or he like tries to, uh, he buys a gun or something. He tries to do something overtly, you know, like really like kind of guy. Like he tries to, to amp up the masculinity and it just sort of fails somehow. Um, and then he just sort of withdraws. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Joan here. I've got the British company. And see, I don't even know these are this coming episode, but I think that at some point, I think the British company that bought Sterling Cooper, they're going to move to fire Joan Holloway, and she's going to expect what's his name, Roger Sterling, to save her, and he won't. <gasps> oh, oh, I don't like this. I just—it's a prediction. I don't I, know. I think that it's could a guess. Happen. Yeah, how much uh, did you like when she put the smackdown on that British but secretary? They don't like that though. Oh, That's they the don't thing because like it it's no. the '60s and they're British. And she's a woman. And she's sassy mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot. And she's threatening to all those guys anyway because she's, you know, she's all like sexual and she whatnot. She only speak when spoken to. I mean, That's right. On. 
Uh, so I think that at some point, and she's you know, and she's portrayed as such a strong female, which you know, you know, in a different way than Peggy, but still a strong female presence, which you know must rub any number of people in that era, especially and in that culture, you know, wrong. So I think that at some point they'll try to discipline her, and she'll expect Roger Sterling to come save her bacon, and he just and he won't because they're not sleeping oh, together I can anymore. Totally see that happening because he's such a weasel. He's you know? such a weasel. All right, so oh, there man, you go. I have to say I'm not going to tell you anything, any spoilers of what I saw. I have to tell you, Roger does something ridiculous. In this coming episode? Yeah, either in this episode or the third one. I don't know which episode I was looking at. All right. I mean, but full-on cringe-inducingly awful. Right. Uh, well, let's move without uh, any uh, delay until... Uh... All right, there we go. We'll move to True Blood. So now you and I are both caught up, right? Because we were a yes. couple weeks behind. Because uh-huh. we were both gone for the, you know, we were both gone for the two Sundays ago. I came back Sunday night, but we didn't really get you. We didn't, didn't get a chance to wrap up these episodes uh, the, the two weeks past because we were gone. Mm-hmm. So we'll just sort of leap into it. Uh, Why don't this, you do yours first? Okay, so this Seven coming, and again, I always confuse whether or not these are going to be in this episode or whether they're going to be ongoing, but I got three thoughts about what's going to be coming up uh, with True Blood. This is sort of above and beyond stuff I've already said. A, I think because, what's her name, Thucky had that uh, dream last week where she's making getting it on with Eric. I think there's going to be a, uh, an incident where she wakes up with Eric. I think she will actually wake up, and it won't be a dream. She will, yeah, she'll wake up with Eric or near him or outside his house or his nest or whatever, wherever it is he sleeps. I think she's going to wake up, and or, or she'll have, like, bite marks that she can't explain. Okay. I think she'll wake up and feel like she's done something well, with obviously Eric. obviously he's not, he's totally comfortable sabotaging her, yes. her relationship. And she's, and, and, and she might find herself attracted to him because <laughs> she has drunk his blood. It might be a sexual attraction. God almighty. Uh, as part of that, I think there will be an, a moment where Bill goes to look for her and she's gone, and then he will immediately, perhaps correctly, come to the uh, jump to the conclusion she's with Eric. Mm-hmm. I could not find you. I thought you might have been with Eric. <laughs> Were you sucking his nipples again? <laughs> like suddenly in my head, he screams everything too. <laughs> he does. Um, and then finally, I have this uh, hot vampire Jessica. She will. Uh, She's with that Hoyt guy who has that insufferable tank of a mother. Ugh. I think at some point she will feel like um, she's weighing him down. He can never... You can't ever be a normal man as long as I'm with you. And so she will leave him. She'll dump him because it's the right thing for him because he can't. she can't give him a normal life. Okay. I think she'll eventually come back. Also, as part of that, B, I think they're going to turn the mom into a vampire. Okay. That's the only way to convert See, I totally her. think that they're going to turn, like, from last week, I thought they were going to turn the head of the Fellowship of the Sun into... I thought that, too, and they never did. But you know what? He's still a character on it, so... I think they'll turn the mom because Jessica realizes that, A, that's the only way she can be with Hoyt without the mom meddling, and also because it's the only way that they can be a happy family, because none of them have a family. Okay. Okay, I can see that. There you go. All right, well, mine... Okay, so I, I, I hit on this yesterday, but I think it's going to come to fruition uh, this weekend. The woman who replaced Godric as sheriff will show who she is, in fact, and that she's evil, and she orchestrated the whole plot yes. in order to overthrow Godric and become the sheriff herself. Um, I also think that Lenora will find out about how uh, Bill is kind of connected and in charge with Jessica, and she's going to go back to uh, Bon Tom and try and either harm her or Hoyt. Okay. I think she's Because she knows that she's going to try and prey on Bill's weaknesses since she can't control him. And back in the thing, the woman who, uh, the spokeswoman who heads the fellowship. Yeah, the hot uh, uh, Latina woman. Whatever her name is. The, she's uh, beautiful. You think it's because she doesn't, she didn't cry You because they cry blood or whatever, and I that's think, why you think she's faking? Yeah, because her mascara was all smeared, and they made it a huge point, like right around that part in particular, to show the other people crying tears of blood, and she's reiterated again and again that she's a vampire and she's talking about how sad she was she's in love with him I think that right. that's BS and I think that she used 
her human to overthrow Godric. I can see that. Okay. Um, And also, I believe in this episode that Tara is going to kill her mother. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be great. I'm so sick of that I mom. think so. I think the mother, I think she's going to kill her mother. I'm Frankly, I'm sick of Tara and her idiot boyfriend, I hope, And then I hope she just turns it on herself. I, th- seriously, I I like Tara. I like that character for the longest time. But I got so sick of her and her her junky mother storyline. I just... Uh, th- and so sick of her and like the and the eggs thing. Like, oh, we, I blacked out again. I blacked out again. Let's I, punch each other and have sex. That's Woo. the other thing. It's like, how many, times can you, how many times can you punch each other, have sex, and black out before it just gets... Just becomes the same old thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, straight ahead, we will talk to Tim Riley at the news desk and find out what is going on in your world today, ladies and gentlemen. But first, if you are caller 10 right now at this very juncture, you're going to win yourself a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock, the Pedal to the Metal Tour, which happens this Sunday, August 23rd. Mudvayne, Black Label Society, and more. you find them more at KUFO.com. But if you're caller 10 right now, you win a pair of tickets to KUFO's Summer of Rock, Part 3, the Pedal to the Metal Tour, 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show. From the director of Independence Day. I'm a fighter pilot. I belong in the air. Target remains. Repeat. Target remains. Get out of the way. Get out of the way now. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm looking at a baby. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. And, of course, Court and Fatboy at 3 to 7 this afternoon, ladies and gentle folk. Don't forget to join us on Monday when our guests will include Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian, as well as Evan Handler from Sex in the City, Lost, and Californication. Yes, and I will. I'll drop off the first couple episodes of Californication Season 1 so you can uh, so you can watch it. Um Let's see what else. Uh, you don't want to be uh, you don't want to be left out of the the Monday Nickelback thing we're doing too, which is a phrase I never thought I'd say. It's um going. You will not want to miss it. That's and I, tell, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to so. give anything away. Yeah, that's it. But uh, we we have come up with something from Monday. Just say it's genius. It's pretty. I don't want to say that it's genius. I, that seems. I'm. Just, I think we've come up with something that everyone I'm will find. Um, I think people will find it amusing. I think people will be. Uh, I think people will find it compelling, uh, what I think we're doing on Monday for this. people will believe that Rick Emerson hasn't lost his edge then. <laughs> that's, that's entirely possible. Uh, and uh, this is all true. Uh, we want to take this moment to remind you that KUFO's half-off sale, uh, of course, is continuing. And at 9 a.m. this morning, you're going to be able to get a $50 gift certificate to Eagle Landing Golf Course at KUFO.com. It is a $50 certificate to enjoy golf. No matter what your level of play, this is the course for you with 27 holes of par 3 executive golf as well as 36 holes of miniature golf located atop Mount Scott in Southeast Portland. That is at 9 a.m. You're going to be able to get yourself a $50 gift certificate for $25. And 25 gets you 50 as part of KUFO's half-off sale. Right now, though, you will win one of those for absolutely nothing. If you were caller 10, it's 503-228-4101. We'll put one of those in your figurative hand. And then at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to get that $50 gift certificate to Eagle Landing Golf Course for just $25 at KUFO.com. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now, well, later than you think. 848. 
848. Thank you. There's a clock right there. Letters are like five inches. 848. Well, it's where do be you mo- normally see the time? When you recite the time normally, I, where is it in front I of I usually see it on the screen in front of me. However, you've turned off your computer, haven't you? No, that's not what happened. You've already packed your bags. You've no, already- that's not what happened either. <laughs> I only put one contact in this morning and it just <laughs> fell out on the floor. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. I was laughing at the fact that you only put one. Why did you only put one contact in this morning? Because I couldn't open up my other eye wide enough and I gave up. I don't What do you mean? I. When I put when you put your contacts in, you stretch your eyes. Right. Well, one of my eyes just refused to open at all. So I said, forget it. I'll go to work with just one contact today, and, and, that... and I'll play through the pain until a few minutes ago when I when I yawned and opened my eye a little bit too wide, and my contact fell out on the floor somewhere. Oh no! Oh so yes. It's so it's lurking around your feet. Oh, I'm never going to put it back in, even if I do find it. Well, you could yeah. do, you could give it you know that. Do you I do have... that soaking fizzing thing, or are they disposable? They're disposable. Oh, well, see, there you go. Oh, yeah. Chuck that thing into the trash. So I know everything else. So you've been playing through today's show with one contact lens in. And I've done quite well until I yawned and the other one just fell out on the floor. (laughs) It's a good thing you're driving home. I I can drive. Uh I can't read. So you sure about that? It's a good thing that <laughs> yes, it's a good thing driving doesn't involve reading anything like signs or warnings. I, or... I'm, I'm turning on my GPS. And, okay. Don't you have to be able to read your GPS or watch? No, it? she she tells me what to do. Really? Does she have a does, name? Does she have a British accent? Penelope. No, she has a Midwest accent. It's kind of a flat American, like a neutral in Nebraska accent. Yes. Her name is right. Penelope. Yes. Does my... she say hello, Tim? It's Penelope. No, she she's not. from Nebraska. Did you name her Penelope? I did. Penelope. Oh, okay. My guy's name is Ken. He's from Australia. My GPS. Did you name him Ken? No, no, no. His name is actually Ken. Uh, in the TomTom, you can pick all the different accents or languages, and the guy from Australia, they actually have names. His name is Ken. Well, I do know for a fact that uh, Cash for Clunkers is going away Monday, so make sure you uh, visit one of our fine sponsors. You hear them throughout the day here on KUF and buy a new automobile. Let's go shopping now with uh, some New Yorkers and find out what they're doing. Here is Bruno uh, with his uh, Cash for Clunkers thing. Okay. Well, he doesn't want to play because... How are those contact lenses working out for you over there and you're not being able to see anything? I know. Let me try Sorry, this again. Here we go. Here's Bruno. I got, got me a new car and saved me money and I got... A new car, and I save a lot of money. <laughs> Here's a Mario. Yeah, that's a lucky me. My lucky day. I'm going to play a lot of tonight. Maybe I'll be a millionaire. Wow. <laughs> that's like stereotypes come true. <laughs> Seriously. I'll take cliches on parade for a thousand. Was he even talking about cars? I believe so. Sounds like he was talking about playing the lotto. No, he's talking about cars. Can you play that Mario soundbite one more time there? Yeah, let's see if I can find that. This is, uh, I'll just wait yeah, for you to... Yeah, that's lucky me. My lucky day. I'm going to play a lot of tonight. Maybe I'll be a millionaire. <laughs> He said it's his lucky day because then he's going to play the Oh, I see. So because night. he was able to get in the cash for clunkers underneath the wire. Okay, there you go. All right. That's, uh, by the way, we're just, uh, these uh, text messages are, uh, are coming in about uh, Tim's contact lenses. They're admiring the fact, Tim, that you are able to uh, to make it through an entire program with only one eye. And even now, that both of your no, eyes are. I have are... no eyes. <laughs> eyes. They came I, from my I eyes. No... First, they came from my eyes, but I did not stand up because I was not an eye. All right. I-405, by the way, is uh, closing tonight as of 10 o'clock will not reopen until Monday at 5 a.m., so you have to find another way to uh, take that same route. That's I-405 northbound only. Don't worry. There'll be a sign that tells you it's closed. Hopefully, you'll be able to read it. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the floor true. for your contact. No, they're, they're, the brand know, name, the brand name is Clear Eyes, and that's why. Oh, because I won't be able to see it? No. Is it not tinted at all? Because aren't all 
disposable contacts tinted blue a little slightly bit so you can blue. see them. But it's not enough to be able to see. No, but our, our carpet is tan slightly dirt. This, uh, by the way, sir, do you have a, uh, do you have the, uh, the like a, a little rim shot thing right yes. over there? I'm yes, just going to end with this. This text message from uh, Mark says, um, I thought there was to be no contact with Tim Riley. Okay, there you go. Thanks. I can read some <laughs> things in the 14 font if you'd like. <laughs> well, that's great. Or I can just give up. I wonder what font the ticket will be in. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we want to thank Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio, uh, Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio, and other guests included Aaron Duran from Geek in the City. Dot com. Join us on Monday when we will touch to Christy Turnquist in the Oregonian and Evan Handler from Lost Sex in the City and Californication. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley and the phones, Greg Nibbler, production assistant extraordinaire. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn at the front desk. Uh, the webmistress, Bridget, from upstairs. And, of course, uh, alpha broadcasting marketing guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds. Executive producer, one Christopher J. Paddock. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe, and we will see you Monday. It is Friday, August 21st, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. My name is Rick Emerson. Watch out for snakes. See you Monday. Bye. If you do squish it, it does have a, a, a reaction. It emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.